Europa Gundam style. Oh god, here we are. Here we are. Where are we? I don't know. We're we are nearly space debris right now. <laughs> we are we are in space. We are at the end of Zeta Gundam. We've become one with a girl force. I have my arms and legs have been blown off. I am nothing but a charred husk drifting away. Pro- a, a what kind of husk? A, a, I'm sorry, a shard husk drifting away. <laughs> definitely dead. Definitely don't have a movie made about me. Um, hey, we finished Zeta Gundam. We finished Zeta Gundam. <laughs> ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, my bones. Feels weird ah. to say that out loud. It feels oh, like it, it's taken us like pretty much the exact same amount of time to finish Zeta as it did to, for me to finish 0079. And it feels like, you know, several years have gone by since we started Zeta. Uh, I will say I was really worried um, when I sat down to take notes for these last two episodes because um, as as people in the Discord and probably some people on Twitter might have seen, we um, we watched the final two episodes together. It's just a, a, a dry rip the bandaid off run. And I'm not going to lie, uh, it I I thought it sucked when I watched it with you guys. Really? I, I don't know if it's because like it's the first time that I've had to watch those two episodes separately from everything, or I think what it might have been is that since we were watching you stream it, Max, I think the audio was compressing in a weird way for oh. us, because it did nothing for me, and I was really worried. And then I sat down to watch him this morning and take notes, and I was like, oh, no, no, this show is very good. And then, then, then it hurt <laughs> you real good when you sort of got the full effect of it. You, you, yeah. you didn't have oxygen, sh- you know, uh, guarding you from the Point Blake uh, beam blast ripping through a ship. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, yeah, like, so I had, the, I had the same experience, but I just thought that the reason that I was so didn't know what the hap was fucking whenever we watched was because it was the sub. I'm not used to the sub. I was having to read for the first time in my life. Um, <laughs> Very sorry to put you, know, you through that. Stream- yeah, I'm sorry to make you read, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, usually I just kind of pick, the, psychically pick the dialogue out of the characters' brains directly so I don't have to read, but, mm-hmm. um. <laughs> Alas. Yeah, sometimes you gotta, you know, try and connect to someone in a different manner than usual. And but yeah, I rewatched them. I thought that I could take notes on a twenty-minute episode of Gundam in an hour and a half. I was wrong. <laughs> could Tomino create an episode of Gundam so meaty that not even Sarah could finish notes on it? Okay, to be fair, I did <laughs> do a little bit of a Mitch this. Um, oh. Um, in, in that I've watched it both of these three times each and also went back and watched the first ever episode of Zeta Gundam just to check some things and compare some things. Uh-huh. So, I, you know, I, I've internalized these episodes. Good. I'm, I'm going to have to tell Mitch that we've we've officially uh, categorized his name as doing proper and real research for a podcast. <laughs> that That's that's very, very high praise. I, I'm i glad that, well, you know, we both have Gundam podcasts, so it, it's only fitting that we sort of align ourselves in that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're talking about that, that would make Mobile Suit Breakdown the mitchiest podcast of all. Um. Hmm. <laughs> we're, we're creating lore for people who probably don't even know we exist, which is, I, I really, really like. Well, no, they've acknowledged our podcast before. Yeah, bitch, I'm going on their podcast. You are going. That's <laughs> right. I forgot. You're from, you're from, you're from Belfast, from Gundam. From Gundam. Yeah. From Gundam. Yeah. From Gundam. <laughs> well, bef- before we get any more discussion um, for... The penultimate time, I'm Max, and I use he, him pronouns. I'm Sarah, and I use she and they pronouns. And I'm Colin, and I use they and them pronouns, and I'm using this voice for probably the last time on this show. Fuck. I'm going to run my entire body through your body. It sucks to hear, (laughs) but I'm gonna miss it. I know I'm gonna miss it. 
Yeah, I'm kind of going to miss it as well. It, it's okay. If I ever start VTubing, I'm going to use that voice as my character voice. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Colin. If? I think you mean when. <laughs> what if Poptimus Shiroku said Ikumpokum is the thing? Ikumpokum. There we Bye, go. There we go. <sighs> um. Well. Yeah. Shall, shall we... Shall we once more enter the soup? Uh, I think we shall with episode 49. (laughs) Casualties of War. Good episode title, let me just say. Wonder what happens in this one. (laughs) Couldn't tell us. Who could say? The Argama rejoins the fight at GURPS 2. Katz flies into an asteroid and dies. Hinken sips, uh, simps, and an entire crew of the Radish dies. Jared speaks the truth and jobs out, dying. Rekawa dies saying more shit about gender. Yazan lives, somehow. <laughs> Yay! Emma is bleeding internally and will probably die very soon. Camille becomes Zeta Gundam. That's the episode. <laughs> yeah. I'll join you in that one. I've, I've poured my entire drink onto the floor. In in, in respect? Question mark. Who can say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This whole episode is basically just one big battle where everybody fucking dies. <laughs> I will say, I you know the sort of trope of the big battle happening, everyone dying. I feel like it goes. It can go many ways in a lot of shows where you know is are the deaths earned? Are they not? Is it wanton slaughter to kind of show you the horrors of war? Is it because the writers wanted to kill off characters? I think for the most part, most of the deaths, which one glaring exception, I'm okay with. Like, from a narrative standpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the exception Jared? The exception's Jared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I think re-watching Jared's death, and we can, we can get into that, I think it's a lot better than it initially hit me. It is, like, I wish that Jared had more screen time up until this point to make it more effective. Is I, I think the thing that's really missing. Yeah, no, I, I do I do have some things. I mean, I, bit aside, I do kind of like the way he died. I'll get into that when the time comes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah th- so starting starting out, you know, we're heading over to GURPS 2. It's it's the big final battle. They really got their line art budget going on here, just drawing glowy laser lines. I just, <laughs> I really, I really love the way the animators draw, like, beam battles in space where it's just like... You know, three or four images of lines drawn blinking on and off. It's just like, yeah, yeah. you know, you're not going to waste budget on that, but it still looks fun. I like it. It's, it's also, like, it's genuinely kind of mesmerizing. It is. Like a, it's like a Pig Floyd concert, it's like, but it's, it's a space battle. It's like a yo-yo yeah. from And you just, you just keep looking at it. And, like, the way they deploy it is, like, always so perfect because you will be able to pick out details. Like, they're... Uh, there are some of the shots where, like, you know, you'll see just, like, explosions everywhere in lines, and, like, you know, Yazan and Camille will be fighting, and then kind of zoom off, and then you just kind of see, like, the the snaking trails of their verniers kind of, like, in the background, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it it's good. It's, like, this is, when Gundam does good, huge battles, like, this is how it deploys them well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they don't, we don't quite get to see the level of, like, insane vernier space thruster animation as we do in, like, IBO. Every single time that happens in IBO, I just, like, lose my shit. But we're not talking about that show. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're starting out, the battle's happening, everyone starts to launch in sortie, you know, Char's allowed to go out, Emma's going out, Cat's is going out and he's you know makes comments on how he's like we should just hang back we should just let titans and the axe destroy each other and everyone is like 
Katz, this is why you're going to die in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, Katz is, he is so angry. Um, yeah. He's, he's, no talk to me, I'm angry. Like, and it's, it's the same anger that we saw from Camille, like, two or so episodes ago. Um, and, but just, like, he's just, like, you know, Emma is, like, <laughs> Emma is like cats. You've still got Sarah in your mind. You have to focus. It could be fatal for you if you don't focus. And then the always sunny title card <laughs> yeah. um, plays that says cats doesn't focus and dies. Yeah, yeah she says it's Sorry, directly cats into the focus camera. And it's fatal for him. Everyone is Jim off his yeah. face. I also especially like Camille's like kind of comment, like admonishing him for being a kid, mm-hmm. and that's why everyone mm. treats him like a kid because, like you know. He points out, hey, we've got a whole fleet uh, in that battle already. If we just hang back and let them fight everybody, like, you know, the the rest of our, the rest of AUG is going to get crushed in the process. Mm-hmm. Like, we yeah. have to go there to protect our friends and comrades. <laughs> He's really not able to see the big picture, which is, like, again, very, very understandable for, like, a 15-year-old currently, you know, pissed off as all hell because his girlfriend got killed. Yeah. And it just, it really is, like, the reason that Katz dies in this episode. It is. Because he is a child. Mm-hmm. He is he is uh, a Gundam protagonist at like episode like twenty five at the end of fucking the Gundam series. Like yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, he has not gone through the proper like emotional training to be able to to be in this part of the show. Yeah, he doesn't have <laughs> enough trauma yet. It's yeah. it's it's the stand arrow. He's not he doesn't have enough spiritual fortitude to make it through this battle. <laughs> they, okay, they give him the wrong kind of trauma. Instead of giving him like mental or psychic trauma, they give him blood force trauma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He simply he he hasn't been specced properly. Uh, but yeah, guess who's here? Guess oh. who's immediately shows up when they launch? It's Yazan and Jared. Son, boys allowed. Jared I is. I love mm. to see Jared in a bound dock. Bear, Jared in the bound dock is so good. I will um actually hold on. Let me just real quick um so mm-hmm. a, I think in the Zeta movies Jared's bound dock actually has a different color scheme. <gasps> um, it is kind Ooh. honestly. I think Ooh. it's kind of ugly. Um, okay. It is essentially if you took the bound dock and changed all of the pink bits to white or, or to yellow and like sort of half the other trim on the armor, I think it is a bit ugly. And I thought that for some reason I remember like because in, in Gundam in the uh, Gundam Maxi Boost on, he's in regular bound dock. And I was like, wait, I thought Jared's bound dock had different colors. No, he just pilots a regular bound dock in this. You know what this is? Hmm. You know what this is? This is when they're selling razors and they're selling the exact same razor, but they just change the color so oh. it's a blue razor for boy and pink razor yeah, for girl. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pink tax is what it is. That's because okay, whenever Jared shows up in the bond dock, I'm like, oh shit, I didn't expect Jared to be piloting a bond dock, and then sort of thought about it and realized that's because I associate the bond dock with being a girl robot because fucking Rosamia piloted it mm-hmm. and it's got pink bits and it's just very a fucking elegant. I don't fucking know gender shit so i was like oh it's really nice that jared gets a bound dog um and now i'm looking at this and i realized the show possibly also gets that vibe it's like well we didn't want the the, the bound dog to be like a girly robot so we put yellow bits on it we added yellow for his hair color yeah Uh (laughs) uh-huh it is kind of hilarious to think that he just he just like walked in and saw saw them like mopping like rosamie's remains (laughs) out of the bond dog and was just like yep i'll take that one (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I do want to highlight what you said, Sarah, because I would like to think of Boundock having a mullet. A very, it's, it, it treats me right. It treats me right. <laughs> yes, good. Oh, I wasn't sure if you'd heard that. I'm glad that you're, the, the psychic wave of that concept um, reached you. Oh, yeah, no. At this point, we are completely fully attuned. We are all drift compatible. We could all pilot the, the three-armed robot from Pacific Rim right now. Um, 
But yeah, yes. Jared is accosting Camille cool. and Boundock. Uh, Yazan is accosting Emma and Katz in the Hambrabi. Uh, what's up, Sarah? Yeah. Were you I don't that? think I said anything, but I was about oh, to say I heard, that... Who, look at that. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm too connected. <laughs> We're too, too much. Um, Yeah, like, and Jared, um, like, kind of tackles or gets um Camille to go... I think I think it's not... Like, they do go into the hole of Grips too. Yeah, they're yes. in the tube. Um... Like so, they they like and they're like in there already, and then like, uh, Camille gets like psychically vibe called out because of Yazan and Emma, um, which I just thought was was neat. Mm-hmm. Also, very important to remember that Emma can withstand the electric yo-yo because they upgrade the Mark II's right. anti-electric sheet. They did, whatever that is. They did the yeah. same thing they did for Gundam in um, 0079 where they just kind of rub magnets on it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, kind of oiled it, you know, just kind of yeah. covered it in. Gamarovic. They they got it lubed up real something. nice. It's they've stuffed the joints full of uh, dryer sheets uh, to take care of all that static <laughs> yeah. electricity. Yeah. Um. There's yeah, there's yeah. a cool sort of thing where like you know Emma survives the yo-yo and also Katz uses the G defensor to like fly through it and like snap the line by like you know like pushing it against the one of the thrusters. Yeah. Like yeah. specifically, he uses the like the body of the G defensor to just like push through the wires. It's cool. Yeah. Um. He also backs that ass up in front of Yazan at one point in the G-Defensor to, like, yeah. he's, like, basically breaks really hard in front of him to, like, have him, like, you know, back off as he's trying to attack Emma. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it it's up. great. Um, Cat's uh, a good pilot, it turns out, for a little bit. Mostly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they, uh, while, while he's gotten Yazan away, they get, uh, they, they do the combination. Uh, they put the G-Defensor on, um, uh, uh, the Mark II, but then Katz uh, flies off in the core fighter to directly engage the uh, the enemy while Emma still gets ready, uh, which seems like a bad idea. <laughs> Please, Katz, your work here is done. You're now on the tiniest plane ever, and he's just like, no, I'm going to stay and fight. He, unfortunately, Katz, foolishly, is texting while flying. He's He got a notification <laughs> that his stamina has returned in Candy Crush, so he looks down in his phone for a split second, only to bonk into an asteroid. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's Go like, uh, I feel like it's even worse than that, because, like, oh, yeah. you know, he's so, obs- like, he's he's basically, like, doing a really good good job of actually distracting Yuzan and, like, you know, making Yuzan waste shots trying to hit this tiny little core fighter, um, but does not realize that Yuzan has basically directly led him into colliding with an asteroid, because, again... Katz doesn't have any kind of greater consciousness about the, what this battle is going on. He just thinks he has to pilot well and be the new type boy. And yeah, he fucking eats it. <laughs> and like, honestly, it feels to me because like, he turns, like after dodging all of Yazan's shots, being cool, like he turns around and basically kind of goes, nye, 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 yeah. and fucking eats, beefs it. It's just because he, he decided to be sassy for like a second in the middle of a battle. <laughs> yeah, it's his hubris. And it's really funny the way he does it. Because like, he doesn't hit the asteroid and explodes. He hits the asteroid and comically starts like just twirling around. It doesn't really, it's like, it's like that like, boom, sound effect noise you see on like Twitter memes a lot. <laughs> it's all it does. Yeah. God. Like, this itself isn't what kills him. Because like, he bonks and he's just sort of like a sitting duck. And he's on is like, hmm, I think I'm going to commit murder. <laughs> and fires a couple times at the core fighter, and uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah. sisters. I um. mean, I would say that, like, the thing that kills him is that when he bonked into the asteroid, like, all, like, his tiny plane just broke, the faceplate of his helmet shattered. Sure, sure, sure. And the thing that he is dying of is space. 
it, it, it's like in the Return yeah. of the Oberdin when there's like five different ways that a person got killed. Don't but you kinda... spoil Return of the Oberdin. I might play it one day. No, I'm not. No, I'm just saying there's like it's like it's like that where there's like five different ways that the person could have been killed, but you have to figure out the one way that actually sort of did them in. Yeah. But this time it was all of them. This way it uh, was yeah. all of them at once. Yes, <laughs> it's it's like the explosion of the engines after he gets shot is just a mercy after like inhaling truly a toxic amount of fumes that are like filling the cockpit and entering through his broken visor, and it's just yeah. Uh, Cat's got fucked in this episode. <laughs> at least, hey, at least he gets to see his girlfriend right now. Yeah. yeah, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah's like, "Hey, cats. Would you like to come into the girl zone with all of us? Yeah. Cool. Would you like heaven, to come cats. into the hot tub soup? <laughs> we saved you a seat. Uh, the exact thing that she tells him is, uh, people mustn't be too honest. But you taught me how beautiful such honesty can be. That's why I'm glad I was born into this world. I'm truly glad that I was able to meet you, cats. I like uh, this. Yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of like the end of Mobile Suit Gundam kind of thing. It's like you know, Sarah was in a bad way for the most of the show, mm-hmm. and this is this is like us getting to understand that this is what being a new type is. It's being able to be honest with each other. It's yeah. being able to be vulnerable. <laughs> I mean, she's still she 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 still is kind of in a bad way in the next episode. Of well, the you know, you know, but we'll get to it. They, they win her over. It is. The sort of Gundam trope of like, damn, you shouldn't have done that, but I'm glad you did. Let's go to soup now. Soup time. <laughs> soup time. Yeah. So yeah, uh, cats is dead. Long live cats. Also, yeah. it's really weird that when he's going into the soup, like we see the whites of his eyes, which we've never seen before. I, yeah, and I looked really... at that and I was like, I don't know who this character is. I've never seen this design before. <laughs> I did not like that shot. It's especially because like, it, I just going back to 0079, I love how characters were drawn almost in like separate styles from one another. Like, you know, you never see the whites of bright size. You never see the brights of his eyes. You never see Mirai's ah! whites. Um, and like cats is the same way. And it's just like, I, I simply don't like to see it. If I ever end up seeing like Mirai's or brights whites of their eyes, I'm going to turn the show off. Well, they'll <laughs> not, be white's eyes. So yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't need to see it anymore. <laughs> and everyone feels this when he dies. Even like, Bright feels it, and Bright's never felt a vibe in his goddamn life. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I thought so at first, and I realized, wait a minute, no, because Amuro told, like, talked to Bright at the end of 0079, like, I think Kat's just, like, I think Kat's meeting his girlfriend and, like, her, like, baptizing him in the soup, like, just sent out a new type wave enough that, like, regular people could feel it. Yeah, he can, like, yeah. feel it. Like, Rekua feels it. Mm-hmm. Um... I think actually, because I noticed like Rekua feels it, and like she's standing beside Shiraku, and like she turns around, but like Shiraku doesn't like mm-hmm. Shiraku doesn't care. Maybe oh, he yeah. does feel he just he, he feels it, but he does not want to. Well, he he more he feels something else, uh, which we'll get to here in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I feel like this is one of the moments that really like underlines the fact that for all like the talk of like you know the the zombie idea of the the new type Superman or the more, like, Federation approach of, like, new types as a weapon, as a psychic weapon kind of thing. Like, this is one of the moments that really underlines the idea that every every person has has the kind of potential uh, to reach this. And, like, the, the important part is the connection and the communication aspect, not the uh, wibbly-wobbly uh, mind laser aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be- being, like, literally weaponizing girl power is a nice side effect of it, not the real reason, though. Yeah. Uh, really, the um the the true purpose of girl power is being able to tell somebody uh what you really really want. Tell me what you want. What you really really want? I wanna. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna take a take a take a dip in this soup. <laughs> <laughs> 
I really, really want to want to send a gun down. There we go, baby. Let's do it. Uh, it turns out that the Spice Girls are, in fact, uh, new types. They're the Space um, Girls. They're the Space Girls. Okay, but... but this re- episode is about Space Girls. Reckless <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ginger Space. When, um, when were the, uh, the Spice Girls really popular? Space. Sorry. Like, like the mid-90s? Mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. Like so you what a, what Gundam was really popular in the mid nineties? Gundam Wing, unfortunately. I rest my case. Okay, all <laughs> uh, right. I don't understand. We I, clearly I haven't think, connected on a deep enough level, Colin. I, I think that we should make a Gundam that stars the Spice Girls. Is what I'm saying. I will, I mean, okay. Probably a more likable cast than the main characters of Gundam Wing. Yeah. Uh, Lila Sporty Spice. Emma is is Emma Posh Spice? You think? Um, it, Emma's Spice. military spice. Yeah, Emma. Emma. Emma is Mi- scary spice. Emma's big yeah. spice. Um, Rekua is espionage spice. Um, no, Rekua's gender spice. <laughs> gender spice. Gender God. Spice. Um, uh, Fa is justice spice. <laughs> hashtag just. No, it's hashtag justice spice. <laughs> hashtag justice spice. Um. Okay, so cats uh, is dead. Cats is dead. Uh, Emma's not happy about it. Yeah, there's some very intense like emma facial animation i actually i noticed that she does they animate her doing that thing where like one eye is bigger than the other yeah to, to like signify she's kind of unhinged mm-hmm. yeah um which they did uh, quite a lot of these episodes after yeah. enough she became the joker emma also goes sicko mode and like blows up uh both of yazan's uh wingmen and then destroys an asteroid with two more mobile suits behind it it rules yeah, yeah. oh she is like yeah. freaking the hell out right now um but yeah, because Yazan shoots her and like she she screams, and at that point we cut to Hankin, who seems to be aware of this. <laughs> Regrettably, we cut to Hankin. <laughs> he like an interesting note as like they're watching this happen. Hankin sees uh, the Hombrabi and Mark II fighting, and one of the crewmen of the Radish is like, yes. "Hey, you want to fly over there and help her out?" Yeah. I, I have this noted down as well because it's like I came in and what I remembered happening was just like oh fucking Hankin goes and yeah, like sacrifices exactly, the entire yeah. crew of the Radish just in order to say that but actually to be fair to him what wasn't his it idea is his bridge crew that suggests this oh like you can tell in his face too that like he is trying to do the quote unquote like proper military thing and not sacrifice an entire ship of people for uh, the girl that he wants to date. Uh, yeah. But then his entire crew was like, oh, no, uh, we we couldn't live with ourselves if we let Emma die. Uh, Captain, please go simp. <laughs> like, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. And he, like, looks relieved when his entire bridge crew kind of, like, gives him permission to this, do this dumb, stupid thing that they all know is going to get them killed. Yeah, like, he, he, like, actually starts crying whenever they give him permission to simp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which is the true, the mark of the true simp. realistically they're so tired of hankin being like so oppressively horny that they like they don't care if they die doing this they just want him to get some action so he leaves them alone (sighs) the action involves being shot yeah i was gonna say they certainly get some action because yazan is like he's he yazan's flying around he sees uh the radish sort of like it it flies over the asteroid where the mark ii is resting and yazan's like it's free real estate and just like bombs (laughs) the hell out of it yeah and just Emma is like, what the fuck are you, what, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, it's even, it's even worse in the fucking, uh, in the new translation movies, uh, just because I would highly recommend not watching them just because they, <laughs> okay. the way that they up the old animation and then insert it, it looks new animation bad. is so fucking jarring. And then this is like, 
the the movie makes it seem like absolutely a romantic connection between both of them that this Ugh, thing is happening. Gross. And it fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, hey, doesn't matter. Because like uh, I said, Yazan bombs the entire radish. Like, yeah. we get a shot of the bridge is like, there's holes blown in it. And like, Hinken is like, barely alive, like floating towards one of the holes. Yeah. Like, you know getting sucked out a little bit and he just like looks around like thinks of emma and it's like it just yeah hankin is like aliens too sucked up against the wall yeah Uh, (laughs) oh we almost we almost forgot something uh katz's ghost did come to emma to warn her that izan was going to oh i forgot about that yeah Yeah, he does do that so So. sarah brought katz into the girl force katz brings emma into the girl force yeah no one brings (laughs) hankin into the girl force because they don't want him there well, yeah. yeah, no, no, Hank is not a new type. He just goes to hell. Yeah. yeah. He goes to the Super Turbo Megas' hell. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to the horny jail. <laughs> Which is hell. Yeah. yeah. That's he's, what, that's he's what they He's down there with Castiel right? Supernatural. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I just, at this point, I want to shout out Yuzan as being just like the, the breakout star of this episode. Like, he gets all the action, he does all the things. He's so you know, competent. I love that he's just a normal guy made of dirt who's a really good pilot without having a big brain. Yeah. <laughs> God, Jared? I don't know him. Uh, uh, speaking of Jared, is this when we sort of cut over to Camille freaking out and fighting Jared? Yep. Cool. Yeah, Camille, like, arrives and he's just, like, horrified at what he sees, but it doesn't have time to be horrid because just Jared is behind him, like... This conversation is so funny. <laughs> Oh, oh, the one where Jared says, I haven't murdered nearly as many people as you. The one where Camille says, I'm not a murderer, and I sort of pop in, like, I do the, the freeze frame, yeah. and I pop in, I say, mm, that was determined to be a lie. This is this is one of the many uh, like conversations I wrote down exactly because oh, uh, you know Camille beautiful. says it's it's because of you guys the battles will never end disappear mm-hmm. uh, you've got some nerve you're the one who keeps urging me to fight I haven't killed mi- as many people as you have I'm not a murderer and then I will kill you with my own hands then you won't have to fight anymore uh, mm-hmm. which is if this isn't these two boys relationship in a nutshell I don't know what it, <laughs> it is. is I. I genuinely, like, okay, having seen all of Zeta, I can firmly stay, say that, like, this is a better rivalry than Amaro and Char in 0079. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have more reason to hate each other. They have much better, like, the when they actually get together, it's really, really good. And it's also funny in a way. And, like, it's just, it, I, I, I honestly do think Jared is my favorite Gundam character. <laughs> just because of like half half because he's funny he's just my funny little son i like to see him a lot but also just mm-hmm. because it's like his sort of trajectory is insane where like this whole thing wouldn't have been a problem if like jared hadn't you know bullied camille and oh oh i i you i said i watched i rewatched the first episode yeah, oh yeah, you. I believe you have some things to say on this now. Yeah, and it's just like, I was incredibly, like, I had forgotten how much this whole series, this inch, like, literally this whole series happens because of Jared. I'm also kind of sure, you know, it's Blood's doing everything, I guess. Sure. But like, you know, Camille gets arrested because Jared calls him a girl and then he gets into a fight. Then when Camille is arrested, Jared is the one who crashes into the, the Titan place. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, literally... This is all because of Jared. It's all Jared's fault. He is it's the just... stupid catalyst for this entire show. Yeah. I yeah. I think it is really important to like 
think about how how similar like Jared and Camille's trajectories are, and the major difference between them is like Camille leans very hard into the soup when his girlfriends die, right. whereas Jared kind of like takes the sobering effect of death to like pull back. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why Jared has a better grasp of what's going on, because, like, Camille is chock full of ideology right now, and I don't think anything he's saying is necessarily wrong. Uh, But at the same time, like, he's not mentally healthy. He is not fully aware of everything. And, like, you know, Jared is a lot more cognizant of, like, the war crimes that both of them have committed, like, the number of people that both of them have killed. Mm. Um, But because because of everything, like... Camille has, like, given in to being a weapon of war more, and that's why he can defeat Jared, and Jared mm-hmm. loses, is despite the fact that Jared is healthier and a little bit more sane at this point, uh, he doesn't have the juice, and he, that's why Camille is able to just, like, knock him in with a couple of shots into the radish as it explodes and kills him. <laughs> yeah, because I want to um, mention that, you know, I didn't notice this in watching the sub, but in, like, the, the English voice acting, whenever Camille does say, I'm not a murderer, he's like, I, 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 I'm not a murderer, like... Defensively. It does, does, does not seem like he really, really genuinely believes that, mm-hmm. like, he... Buddy. Like we, a, we both know. Yeah, like a kid lying to his parent. Yeah. I And what struck me the first time about this scene is just, like, how quick Jared dies. Like, they have yeah. that exchange that you said, Colin, and then, like, they shoot a couple shots at each other, and Camille, like, just goes sicko mode and, like, blasts Jared and, like, pierces the bound knock, and it flies back into the radish. And, like, Jared's, like, gone in a blink, basically. And he, as he sad dies. as it was to me that my favorite character died so quickly, I do think it's really fitting because... Jared's whole thing is that he chases glory. He wants success. He wants to lead. He wants power. He wants, like, to basically better himself and grow. And I think it's such a fitting end that he just gets killed like that so quickly that, like, it's a good sort of bookend for his arc. He he dies like a Scooby-Doo villain. He does. <laughs> like, he literally, he literally starts saying, like, if it, Camille, if it weren't for you, ah! If it weren't for you and that meddling robot. Like, literally is his final line it just gets like cut off halfway through as the radish explodes and it gets so fucking funny it's it's really god i <laughs> hashtag justice for jared <laughs> god uh, i i don't know i think um th- i mean this is this is the thing is like i i feel like if jared was going to survive this series um something absolutely cataclysmically horrible would have to like happen to him Mm -hmm. because like a thing that makes Amuro and Char work in Zeta is the fact that, you know, they walk out of Mobile Suit Gundam basically on the same level and still kind of like operate and exist at like similar levels in Zeta. Uh And for Mm. like Camille and Jared to both be in, in double Zeta together, something very bad would happen to have to happen to Jared. And I think it would have to be a very kind of like, like a serious, like bodily disability to match what's going to happen with Camille, which is a thing I would be open to, but like, I don't know how that would play out. And I would not trust fucking Tomino to write. No. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, It wouldn't be justifiable. This this yeah. series doesn't doesn't really have a have a great read on like bodily disability. I'm trying to think of why I think that, or I just feel it integrally because we know it to be true. 
Um, I'm I'm sure Camille being like having a, a spoiler alert, having his brain scrambled like an egg, probably is going to be treated with respect in Double Zeta. I've been trying not to think about that. Yeah. Like, um, I've been like, don't think about it. You can't watch Double Zeta until at least two weeks from now. Don't think about it too much. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna eat up you two watching Double Zeta with a fucking spoon. I am so ready for it. I will be post live blocking my thoughts in Discord. Yeah. Again, and you could make a podcast about it, Max. Hey, <laughs> I think I will, Sarah. <laughs> Maybe you could bring like a friend on, like Jake or someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hey, I could possibly do that. Maybe I could uh, use uh, the guitar solo from ZZ Top's Lagrange as the opening. Oh, that's yeah. such. Oh God, like, oh. I, it's it's Ooh. layers, isn't it? Oh man, layers. Mwah, that tastes good. I just wanted to 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 say the what I when whenever we were coming up with our theories of what was going to happen in the finale before we watched the finale, I thought that Jared was going to survive against all odds, be picked up by Haman, and then just like she was going to force him to become her butler because he would be really fun to dom because he would hate it. And I thought like the Haman was going to torture him throughout all of Double Zeta, and I was I was I thought that would be fun. Um, if only. So just just want to say that theory that that could have we could have had that. Yeah, th- that's an alternate universe. Sarah, it's it. Jared doesn't survive, but I want you to know that you can still eat your cake in Double Zeta. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but enough about that show. Uh, yeah, the boy ain't right. Camille's having a breakdown, firing into the air like a maniac, like he does. Yeah, he's like horrified at his own actions and starts just saying that everyone's dying over and over again and does the point break, shoot in the air a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, he's, you know, this is like the second time he's LARPed last shooting. (laughs) He really, really wants to be Amaro. And it just, like, the shot of this really struck me because, like, the, the, the... The radish explodes and it's just like this huge orb of fire that fills the screen. Actually, t- tangent to this. Today, hmm. I went outside and there was this huge fiery orb in the sky and I don't know what that is. I've never oh, seen geez. that Oh, Jesus. That sounds really scary. That doesn't... <laughs> um, oh, really I don't, oh, oh, I don't know about that. That sounds a little um, freaky. So yeah, <laughs> like, you know, Camille is staring at this huge, huge orb of fire and like... It's just filling the screen again, like the Pink Floyd laser light show battles that we talked about. It is just kind of hypnotizing. Yeah. Yeah, and he just stares at it, dissociates, clutches his head, yells, fires into space, does all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a lot of points in Zeta that uh, kind of read as Tomino being mad at people thinking that parts of Mobile Suit Gundam were cool, <laughs> and this is one of them. Uh, this, this is this is Tomino like like leaning into the microphone and saying, "Oh, you thought." You thought last shooting was really cool? Well, okay, you're going to get two of them, and they're going to be horribly, horribly traumatic. You like them now? You like them now, motherfucker? Like, Everyone that's says what... yes! I say yes, I say yeah, I do. Thank you. Thanks, Tomino. <laughs> if there's one thing we know about Tomino is that he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Just yeah. in general. Death of the author. Um, so as this happens, as Camille loses it, Paptimus is hanging out with Rekua, and he's just like, he does not like the nasty vibes this boy is putting out. He hates, he, he, he mentions how he hates people are fighting while they're being driven by emotion. He's like, this is not how humanity should exist. Let's go kill some people. Yeah, we, they're, they're having too many feelings. We have to go and kill them to stop them from having feelings because I don't like that. Mm-hmm. This, this, this is no good for me. Um, and th- this is kind of where my trajectory on these episodes starts because Mm. just like the theme of emotion and whether you should have emotions and how you should have emotions really kind of keeps coming up for me in these Uh um 
I'll get more on it later, like. We'll get there. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of which, fucking Soroko is literally like, I can't stand this feeling people fighting driven only by their raw emotions is, like, incorrigible. Like, he just hates to feel Camille out there just feeling things. Mm-hmm. How, how dare feel. this boy have feelings, like, from <laughs> elementary school? Like from, uh, like, feels from, from 2012 Tumblr? Yeah. <laughs> All his feels? Oh, oh uh, Well, you me. see, um, uh, Sirocco is, is simply logical. Uh, he only posts on our atheism on Reddit. Yeah, uh, he's and, lightened uh, in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not because of the phony powers of Zeta Gundam, but by his own, uh, Patrick Starr. Uh, <laughs> so they go out, he and Rekwa do, and meanwhile, Camille sort of goes to pick up Emma, She's oh, yes, of, this scene. Yeah, she's just kind of standing there on the asteroid, just chilling. And she is, like, completely in shock right now. Yeah. And yeah. He... She's fucking cat- catatonic over what she just saw happen. Oh, mm. Like, she felt Henkin die. Mm, like, yeah, viscerally. not good. <laughs> well, she felt Henkin die immediately after feeling cats die. So it's just like, bam, bam, two in a row. Two hit combo. Yeah. Time to dissociate, maybe. Guess I'll dissociate. And she's he's like... You know, shaking her, talking to her, trying to get her head in the game, High School Musical. And, like, yeah. as he's saying this, as he's trying to talk sense into her, I get, he, like, absentmindedly opens his helmet up. I guess, like, my take is that he's, like, trying to have, you know, like, face-to-face, show more emotion sort of thing. And yeah. that's what snaps her out. She's like, bro, put your helmet back on. You're in space. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like Camille is so in the soup at this point that he's forgetting, like the context of, of different physical spaces, and mm-hmm. he's only thinking about, like, the emotional effect of things is mm. the way that yeah. I read it. <laughs> and the the line he says, like, when he... Because he's, like, he's not making much sense. He's just like, Emma, we have to deal with the pilot who did this to Katz and Ka- Captain Henkin. If he's still out there in space, it'll be too hard for us... No, he says, if he's still out there, it'll be too hard for us to live in outer space. And when he says the words outer space, that's when he opens his helmet. <laughs> Um, outer space like this yeah 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 um which kind of struck me there um and it's just like the animation on it is so like just his hair is just like yeah as, like all the air fucking escapes his normal suit i guess oh, and man. yeah yeah this is one of the few like parts of all of gundam that really leans into how extreme living in space is uh because i feel like a kind of like undercurrent is like the di- like you know there occasionally you'll get wibbly wobbly new type stuff inside the colonies mm-hmm. but because those are generally considered kind of earth like in their environment it's not until people go out in mobile suits into deep space itself that like the real shit happens yeah, and this yeah. is one of the few times that like they do something that really really makes that connection incredibly clear and incredibly strong like how like you know Camille had his his helmet open for like half a second and could have died from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a hot take on my part. I don't think I want to live in space. I think it's maybe a bad place to be. <laughs> yeah, pretty scary. It's a bit scary. But like yeah. I was gonna mention like when Henkin died, like the thing Henkin died is like dies from is sort of technically from space. Yeah, and like yeah. when Emma dies, like kind of what Emma dies from is sort of from being in space like all the deaths in these episodes are just like maybe wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been in space <laughs> who, who can possibly say sarah who could say yeah. where the the the, the, the yeah. argument goes and I, I think the counterpoint to that is also the only way that humanity ever could have defeated space fascism is by going to space like it's, oh, yeah, it's by all of the stuff that camille is able to like 
stop Sirocco and stop mm-hmm. him on, and and we'll we'll get to it. Uh, we'll get to it. Um, yeah, Camille ends up, you know, he 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 gets Emma. She goes back into the Mark II. He's like dragging the Mark II over for Fa, and he has Fa mm-hmm. take her back to the Argama to like get it repaired. Um, Bright, you know what? Where else we're gonna get while we're at the Argama? Mm, please say it. Megabazaar. Uh, I love Big Gun. Nothing's yeah. more than Big Gun. Can I tell you something really sad? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not called the Mega Bazooka in the dub. What? I think it, it might have been called it last time, but this time they call it, like, the big launcher. Like, they don't call it the Mega Bazooka. The, yeah, they they go back and forth calling it the Mega Bazooka and the Mega Launcher, and the Mega Launcher That's is eventually one. where they land as far as what they're going to call this thing in canon. Uh, but we can cherish the Mega Bazooka early on in the fucking show, and you I will always forever. be the Mega Bazooka. Well, I mind. I think it's a little confusing that they sort of settled on Mega Launcher because, as we know, uh, Mega Launcher is an ability in Pokemon that powers up Pulse and um, Burst by fifty percent. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a bit confusing. What, isn't that what Shar is doing with it? Like he's powering up Pulse so he can shoot. I know he shoots someone with it later. I don't even know who. Yeah, I guess he's, uh, you could probably, uh, you could argue that he's using Dark Pulse with it, which is probably the most, I mean, it's not, it's certainly not Heal Pulse. Okay, so you think Char <laughs> is a Dark type? I think Char is a Fire Dark type. Okay. Definitely yeah. Fire, um, he loves Red. He loves Red, but I still wouldn't call him a Fire type, though. I would say he's, um, he's definitely not Psychic. I would say, like, Dark Fighting or, like, Dark Steel. Okay, I could... I think Dark Steel is very good flavor, especially because if, like... Okay, yeah, no, you know what, Colin? I'm thinking of the Pokemon Bisharp. That's just Char. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's just Char. Hold on, let me... It's uh, just Char, baby. Let me it's, just it's post Bisharp. this. Isn't let, that what you said? Exactly, yeah. Let me just post Bisharp for you, Sarah. Um, yeah. It is literally Char. Uh, he also has um, dual disc arms, which is just more fun flavor. Hey, what if Char had dual disc? Oh, that's Char. That's, that's Char. The picture that's just Char. Char. The little white gloves, little white feet. Excellent. Red. Uh, while we're here, um, yeah. uh, Amaro is normal psychic, and that's the only reason that he can he can withstand uh, Lalo's ghost type attacks. Exactly. Yeah, he's immune <laughs> to it. Uh, very oh, good. Yeah. Um, so Mega Bazooka, all that stuff. Haman launches with like a trillion Gaza Seas. There's so many of the pink boys. I love. Yeah. Like, I uh, actually, I'm I'm just kind of okay on Gazas. They look unfinished to me. I like their they, top half is weirdly sparse and wiry. They're a weird design. They only get weirder in Double Zeta, but they do kind of fill them out with a couple of, like, different variants. That's um, good. I both love and kind of dislike them, but they're, like, so weird that I can't not really just kind of appreciate yeah. them when I see them. I appreciate a nice weird grunt suit like that. I yeah. look at them and I say, pink! Pink! <laughs> uh, yeah, they're all launching. Paptimus and Rekoa are flying towards Haman and her crew. They sort of, like, start buzzing each other. And as they do, um, Char fires the Mega Bazooka. Every single Gaza Sea is just obliterated. Yeah, yeah it's oof, oof. It's yeah, like Gundam saw, Wing up in here. Like, because yeah. when I watched the episodes for the second time, I was like, Jesus, there's so many um, of the pink mobile suits. I don't remember them being a problem. Uh, uh, yeah, ah. they're, they're a problem for ah. about five seconds. Ah. Whoops. Yeah. Oops. It's it's very funny to think of if you were to tally up uh, Char's hit rate um, with the Mega Bazooka up until this point, it just skyrocketed from one yeah. hit that actually hit a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, he he really like padded out his ratio at the very end there. 
Yeah, his mistake was trying to shoot one thing at a time. He should yeah. have just done mass. He should have simply. Murder. He should have simply shot everything. It's his choice. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, Haman disables and destroys the mega bazooka after he fires it. Okay, but it is it is very cool that she does it with her funnels. I God, I love funnels. I love funnels they're so, so good. Much. Uh, something They're so great. Something to note is a friend of the show, Callie, in our Discord posted that like they never actually call them funnels in Zeta, and in 0079 they only call them bits because they had their own power sources back then. So like these are only funnels because we know them the term after the fact. Like, They're only funnels because of how fun they are. <laughs> They're very fun. And like I think this is a thing that goes back and forth in localization a lot uh, because I think the funnel term came up because that's the shape that they have. They look like yeah. a funnel. Yeah. yeah. Um, they look like little tricky also, basters. Yeah. But then, like, bits ha- are, like, a more... Th- that's become the more common, like, accepted translation term or, like, you know, a technical term for what they are. Right. As mm. far as, like, as things keep getting things like this. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, Gundam is wild and long, and it's been around for, God, 40 years 41 now? 41 years. Yeah. Oof. Um, everyone's fighting each other. Like, Camille is about to fight Rekua, and thank fuck that, like, Emma comes in and is like, no, I am going to fight Rekua. You are going to go chase Yazan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, at some point, like, Rekua and Yazan have Camille sort of pinned, and Rekua's gonna kill him, and then Emma saves yeah. the day, so, which makes Camille leave, and, um, who- yeah, Specifically, oh Emma, like- because Yuzan gets kind of yoked into space, I don't know, and Emma is like, Camille, if you want to live, go and chase down that mobile suit. And, like, Camille's response to this is like, okay. <laughs> like, he's kind of dissociating. Um, yeah. But this is how we end up with, like, th- this is, I'm I'm really kind of happy that this is the confrontation that killed Rekua, was, yeah. like, between her and Emma. I, I think, th- yeah, this is, like, the second best one we could have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cause yeah, they're like fucking, the their conversation is like raw as hell. Cause like, you know, uh, Rekua doesn't even realize that it, like the deaths that she felt were Henkin and cats. And oh God. Yeah. Her. She's like, Oh, um, is that what I felt? Yeah. And like, you know, Emma's like, it's possible. No one will cry when you die. And Get her Rekua's, ass. Yeah. Rekua's just like, I don't care if no one cries for me. Uh, yeah. the, the way she, the way she, the way it's phrased in the dub is Emma's like, you know, Rekua, I don't think anyone will shed a tear for you when you're gone. It's just so, like, dismissive. It's so good. Yeah, it's like everyone is truly tired of her shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're tired of her shit for not the right reasons. <laughs> they're, they're tired of her shit more because she's, like, a traitor and all that, not because she's extremely transphobic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, my next note just said, says women shit. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I don't... Didn't, I, I didn't even write it down. I don't care. I don't care okay. anymore. I don't care anymore. What's so up, Colin? So, I... I've I've been sitting on this for a while. I've been thinking about it, uh, and like the the full the full passage is uh, after Rekwa shoots uh, the Mark II's boogie board. Um, is your being uh, Emma says you're being too much of a woman. That's right. I'm a woman. That's why I'm here, and now I'm your enemy. Uh, they do the sick beam saber cross counter, and we get the oh, negative so zone uh, for like a full five seconds. Yeah. Uh, it's so then, rad. And then Rekua says, please understand, Lieutenant Emma, men think of nothing but fighting and can only think of how to use women as tools, or if anything else, how to humiliate women. And I think, oh, not not to give uh, the writers too much credit, because they are incredibly transphobic, uh, but I, th- I think this is what they were trying to get at the whole time with Rekua, mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is that 
it it is acknowledging the kind of inherent sexism of the men in power even in the AU that like you know the way that bright and char have treated people for this whole season even when they're being good and kind of you know uh it seems like their intentions are are valid and they care about people it's still like you know women and children are things that they see as and even like their their own fellow like men comrades they're tools for the war machine and that's how they see them mm-hmm. and yeah. uh like the the fact that Char never gave any kind of like emotional like interiority to Rekoa or or tried to like honestly make sure she was okay uh, and just kept throwing her into these situations. I think that's what they're trying to get at. Mm. Is this is yet another angle of showing that you know Ayug a- might be in the right place as far as like ideology and what they're trying to accomplish, but like the they're still the military industrial complex they're still the war machine and the that that process will always look for the most vulnerable vulnerable people to like take advantage of and work into the system and like i feel like Requa's arc is like she she dies because she gives into like evil she like joins the bad force because those are the people who are going to make her feel better about what she's doing mm-hmm. but she's still being taken advantage of and that's what they're so, trying to nail home so 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 <laughs> Yeah. The 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 so you're saying take advantage of the way that because uh, I I I've got I've got this last part written down because you know I've also got Rekoa finally makes some good points so I wrote down, wrote down that last sentence and the way they translate all men want to do is humiliate us is take advantage of us is the way they translate that um mm. instead of humiliate yeah um. Yeah, basically all men care about is fighting. They see women as tool speeds as they fit. No, it's worse than that. If given half the chance, all they do is take advantage of us. Um, and then whenever, you know, there's the big explosion, you know, Rekoa's mobile suit explodes, Emma survives. Um, when Emma, like, flies out of the cockpit, she the thing she says is, take advantage of us, Ugh, Rebecca Lond. I Yeah, and that, that kind of fits because it feels like, like... While Emma's, like, head is in the right place, like, at, like, a, a personal level, uh, Rekua kind of gets the way that Emma is being taken advantage of, like, at a macro level better. And I feel like yeah. that's kind of the good way that these... That's why I'm so glad that these are the two characters that have that mm. their final fight together, because it really juxtaposes the fact that, like, Emma is a good person who doesn't get how the how, like, the structure of everything is harming her. Whereas Rekua is just an awful person who does understand how society is harming her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I don't know if this is what Rekua meant or just me personally reading, uh, or what. Sorry, I don't know if this is what Emma meant or if it's just me personally reading what she says as because like I thought that she was talking about how like Rekua has been just done nothing but letting Shiraku take advantage of her for the last twenty episodes, and so I kind of read that as Emma being like Ugh, shame you didn't get it but also she did get it yeah yeah I I like I I don't really have anything else to add to what y'all have said but like what's happened with Arekua is that she's been a stopped clock ever since like halfway through the show when she came back and started <laughs> like saying wild shit and unfortunately yeah. <laughs> she was stopped at 4.20pm and she was killed at 4.20pm so yeah. her final act was saying something kind of correct <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Re- regrettably thing, so. <laughs> the last thing I want to say about this is that you know it's very, it's just very 1980s. It was, yeah. it was very 1980s. Um, you know, like being like, yeah, all men care about is using women. Like, yeah, that 
it's just very itties. Yeah, you're, it's like, like it's like you're right. Think more on that though. Yeah, you're right. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remove you're some not of the done. gender from that. Think about the people who maybe aren't men or women and how they're being taken advantage of too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, learn what intersectionality is and learn what solidarity is, <laughs> or di- or die. Yeah, you know, maybe when she's in the soup, she'll keep going. She'll simmer a little more, and then we can start removing. You know, we can sift the gender off of the top and just kind of put it in the garbage. Th- then we can begin to heal. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but Rekka was not healing from this. No. <laughs> yeah, Rekka was very dead from this. Yeah, uh-huh. her suit. Her, her her suit blows up quite a bit, doesn't it? Um, doesn't it? It blows up. It blows um, up because a... Yazan comes back well, and shoots it. So it right? blows. I it blows up partially. Like it, yeah. there is like some debris scattered around because Emma comes out of the Mark II and like floats over to Rekka. She's like, "Oh shit, you okay, girl?" Um, <laughs> and then Yazan. Nope. Flies by, shoots the rest of the palace, Athene blowing it up. Uh, so yeah, Rekka was like dead for real. Emma gets like completely like shotgunned by a ton of space debris. Yeah. Um, it's such and like a something... quick shot of Emma getting like yeah, you blink and you miss it. it. Ah, and then something a bit curious happens. I want to actually before hmm. we talk about that, because I'm going to pick my take my sweet fucking time talking. Yeah, sure, about sure, this. sure, sure. The reason. <laughs> that Yazan came back um, is because, like, Camille stopped chasing him. Mm. And, like, Camille stopped chasing him because he could feel that Emma and Rekka were about to stab each other. He was like, ho, don't do it! Hoes, don't do it! Hoes, don't do it! But, like, he stops chasing Yazan and comes back and, like, that's what allows Yazan to come Mm -hmm. and, like, do the shoot thing and have all the space debris that ultimately kills Emma. So I'm just kind of, I don't know, I'm Pepe Sylvia connecting the dots and being mad about it. And Camille's being mad about it, because Camille... Oh god, here we go. Let's get some weird new type shit. Yeah, um, so, uh, Camille lets loose on Yuzan and envelops the Zeta in this pink, uh, new type energy, uh, as he funnels the lives of his lost friends into his mobile suit. <sighs> and the thing that he's yelling is, is about, like, lives and, like, how so many people have died and Yazan, who has just been here, like, yeah, 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 the whole time. Like, the thing Camille yells is, how dare you enjoy this? Mm-hmm. It starts yeah. going pink. He has a point. Um, but yeah, the the light enveloping the Zeta Gundam completely protects Camille from Yazan's beam cannons. Like, just fucking no-sells it, no problem. Oh, yeah. And, like, Yazan even says, is this some kind of, like, beam barrier? Uh, and there's even, like, a pink psychic beam connecting Camille's, like, forehead to the Zeta He's control doing panel. space ripper stingy brain. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he does it, not only does he, like, essentially make the Zeta invulnerable, but, like, he powers up his beam saver. He, like, overclocks his beam saver. His beam saver grows seven sizes. Yeah, it is he, so uh, He does the cool Legend of Zelda, uh, uh, you you slash the sword with full health and it shoots a laser at the end. Yeah, he yeah. has a sword beam. Okay, and the line he says when he's doing this mm. is the most Yazan thing. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. He says, you are an animal in human form. You don't deserve to live. <laughs> he's right. Uh, well, that's too bad because Yazan does live, because even though the Hamrabi gets cut in half and explodes, uh, Yazan escapes in an escape pod and yeah. just floats into space. The Hamrabi spits out the little cherry pit Yazan was hiding out in and then it gets yeah. torn apart. Um, 
And I, I guess we'll, we'll do the lore dump later at the end of the next episode of what yeah, just yeah, happened here. Yeah, really yeah, weird yeah. that they didn't say this before. I think you mentioned that they do in the movies, Colin. That they yeah, sort it's of... ba- from from everything I, like watching this again. It's not mentioned at all in this, but it is it is a part of the kind of like when they would release like the art books with like uh like full technical drawings of all of the mecha and stuff mm-hmm. like this was a firmly established this is the thing that does the thing and we can get to it later but yeah. like they just didn't i i don't know what's going on at the end of this show uh <laughs> and we can, i don't think any of us do i feel like we can get into this more like when we do the wrap-up but i think this is kind of indicative of just zeta gundam as a whole that like they had a very robust writer's room they had a lot of ideas on the table and they just didn't take the time to put them all in in a yeah, way that maybe, maybe too many ideas yeah I, I was i was about to say like they they put them all in they didn't like pick and choose them because yeah like i i again i could talk about more in the episode i think that you know mobile suit gundam original has like a stronger direction whatever than zeta which is kind of spaghetti and like it's yeah. good in that it's spaghetti but like there's just so many thing happening um, Everything happens so much. <laughs> yeah, and like I do have some things to say about like the Zeta Gundam's girl power node. Um, but yeah, it's it's just he's simp- the boy is simply glowing pink. Yeah. Um, and then you know he rescues Emma again and takes her back to this. Uh, they end up in an abandoned ship, and that's the episode. That's episode. Yeah. Uh, he he says he's like, oh Emma, uh, can you tell me where it hurts? And Emma says there isn't a single part of me that doesn't hurt. So. That doesn't, <laughs> She just kind of gestures vaguely to herself. Yeah, you know. Uh, Just massive internal hemorrhages going on here. Um, All of her bones are broken. She has become boneless. She has ascended to godhood. Uh, God. Like Sasuke before her. She's internally bleeding where the blood is supposed to be. Yeah, if only only Camille could get her the curry of life. Uh. (laughs) If only Camille had a phoenix down. Um, Well... Shall we tuck this last one away for the final time? Episode 50, Riders in the Sky. Thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you hit that. <laughs> so, Camille has taken Emma onto into the airlock of an abandoned ship, which is just kind of floating in space. She is dying um, from the ship that they are on, sort of floats into the hole, the barrel of Rips 2, uh, which Bright is busy trying to get that to fire to fucking destroy the entire Titan fleet. Um, also flying into the barrel of Rips 2 are Shiroko, Shar, Haman, and this is where their sort of triple tango confrontation dance plays out. You know, across all of Grips, they fight in the bottom of Grips, they fight in a theatre in the best scene of all time. Um, and at some point, you know, Camille and Fa come in uh, and interrupt, and they have to leave. Uh, you, boys, you gotta stop fighting, because the laser is about to fire. Um, there is some, 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 some shit goes down, some tense moments while they're trying to get out of the laser, the big laser before it fires, um, and they eventually get out. The, the laser fires, the entire Titan fleet is destroyed, um, Shara ends up pursuing Haman away uh, with Camille chasing Shiroko, um, and you know, Shara does confrontation, does some counterattacks towards Haman, 
Um, while that is happening, Camille does the final, final climactic confrontation of the show, in which he effectively uses girl power to kill Paptimus Shiraku. And the thing, and what happens after that is up for debate, because we're still not <laughs> sure who owes who $20 on this podcast, and we will be discussing it in depth. And everyone lived happily ever after. And everyone lived happily ever after. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Certainly no other Gundam series made after this. Uh, <sighs> Certainly no other Gundam series airing a week after this. Certainly no more Gundam <laughs> content. We're done with it. It's all. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, in the episode, Camille has Emma. He takes her inside this like derelict ship. He, she knows she's dying, and she's like begging Camille to effectively use her girl power and end the war. She's doing a Brandon Sanderson Warbreaker at him. I know no one is... Maybe Jake's listening. I'll get there. Um, I'll get there. (laughs) Literally, you could give people your life force. It's kind of wild. Yeah, cool. What I want to say about this is Mm. that he takes her somewhere where there is air so that they so that they can take their helmets off and Mm -hmm. have an emotional conversation. Which is pretty cool. I like that. That's a that's a nice little bit of like I mean, you know, Camille respects women, we know this. He respects humans and like it's nice. It's like he, you know, has this nice face to face and like, you know, he's she's like on his lap, like literally dying in his arms. Yeah. Like it's uh it's pretty rough. And like, yeah. the, the thing that really hits home for me with this is the fact that, like, you know, Camille says that once things die down a little bit, then he'll take her back to the Argama where they can they can treat her for her for her injuries. And it like this is probably the moment in these last two episodes that really sell for me that like, yes, Camille will put saving people and protecting people's lives above killing people to accomplish the goals that he has like this is the moment that really defines and makes that true for me mm-hmm. and i i yeah. really really love this scene and that's why he's gundam i like i started feeling that like last episode whenever he was chasing jared into the hole of grips too but then felt that cats and emma were in danger and immediately like without even mm-hmm. uh oh no i have to go back or i'll not be able to kill like he didn't even he just went like back to save his friends yep um it's good it's i love camille as a protagonist he's such a good character can you believe people don't like this boy (laughs) what no i know untenable uh, it's listen i mean maybe they're just canceling him for that one time he looked at his own girlfriend's titties uh Um, listen yeah if i know anything about gundam fans if they say wow i really don't like this character or wow i don't like this series it's because they watched like the first 10 episodes and then Mm. stopped watching yeah I think there might that might be a sort of overarching problem with fans of anything, really. Just like <laughs> not fully consuming media before you have an opinion on it. That's why podcasts exist. It's, it's not exist. not just death of the author, but death of the audience as well. <laughs> death of the fan. <laughs> we're expanding the theory. We are all we're all dead. We're in the soup. We're watching Zeta Gundam in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. We are part of the girl force. Yeah, and Emma has now become part of the girl force because she is dead. She has died in Camille's arms. Yeah, like the 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 lines um, she says as she's dying, it's they're like, there are. We remember that you're not alone. We are all with you. Like she is in the girl soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. yeah. Like the the thing that she says in in the sub is, many people are watching over you. You are not alone, which yeah. is like equally powerful. And like, uh, you know, she she like before that says that she 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 saw what happened. The Zeta Gundam has the ability to suck in the wills of other people and turn it into its own strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like 
I, I think, like, especially from Camille's perspective, like, the thing that this feels like is it's not it's not just, like, Emma saying, hey, take my soul out of my body so you can use it as a gun. It's more <laughs> like Emma, Emma, like, one, giving, like, tacit, like, um, uh, permission and, like, like real consent for, yeah. for her to be called on after she dies. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, probably because she can already feel, like, for and everybody of, across the, the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, like, you know, we're here for you. We we understand what you're doing. We want to help you. And yeah. it's, like, that's good. I wish more shows, when they did shit like this, would have a scene like this. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah cause, and, like, his reaction is very, very subdued. Mm-hmm. Um. Like he does, like the moment of her death, he does like hold her and cry out and cry out and yell and scream and cry. Um, but just in this moment, he's just like, "Yes, I understand, Lieutenant Emma." Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, poor Camille, poor Emma. Emma's like maybe like the most like consummate soldier in Gundam, like she. Bar none. <laughs> I like yeah. honestly, I was kind of surprised that she died because like she's such like. You know, such a good soldier, such a good fighter. Like, yeah. Well, well was... I know that I'm watching Zeta Gundam and that she's a girl. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the big, big problem. Her, her biggest problem was that she's a woman, which is what yeah. led to her death. But like, yeah, there really were no death flags for her until the very end of this, which is like, it's effective. Sure, yeah. it's like it sucks, and I think it works because it's a you know more of a juxtaposition mm-hmm. among the other deaths that just kind of happen on our really, really uh, uh, signposted. So it's like, yeah, war is war is bad. I think. I will say, like, in any other Gundam show, and a, and even any other Tomino Gundam, I think mm. Emma would have lived. Mm. Um, like, Tomino had, like, there, Tomino has a nickname called Kill em All Tomino. Yep. Uh, and there are certain shows that are kind of people, like, point to as, like, uh, you know, th- th- this is the, these are the shows where he kills the most people. Like, if you actually, like, count up like main important characters who die at the end of a Gundam, Zeta's the peak. Nobody, no, like no other Gundam has as many people die at the end that Zeta does. Mm. Um, I think there's a couple that get close as far as like over the course of an, of the entire show and like victory Gundam, especially (laughs) gets kind of like, yeah, like victory Gundam gets a, a kind of like hard reputation that they kill a bunch of people at the end of it. They don't kill as many people as they kill in Zeta. They kill way more casualties of war. They, it does not. <laughs> um, it's like, and, and again, it feels earned. Yeah. Yeah. It feels earned in the way, like, in the way that Sarah's death, like, didn't feel earned. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, like, we are there. And especially since she takes, you know, an, half an episode to die, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this, oh, again, not to beat this dead horse or anything, but like. <laughs> not to beat this, this dead girl. Like, oh, God. Uh. Yeah, this this feels so much like Tomino really trying to shake you and say, yeah, yes, you should not think war is, is good. Like, mm-hmm. people are dying. Like, this is a bad thing, even if we're accomplishing, like, goals that are good. And that's what nobody got from from uh mobile suit gundam is how i'm like you know it's it's not that amuro's the hero and that makes the death okay it's that you should focus you should understand that the death is bad separate from what the heroes are trying to accomplish which i I kind of feel like he felt Mm. like people didn't take from that series well Mm -hmm. enough Mm -hmm. the robot is not cool (laughs) are you sure Uh, okay yeah but like yeah well that's what tomino says i just (laughs) 
<laughs> I do just want to say, wow, cool funeral that Camille gives her later. But um, we'll yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the ship drifts inside grips too. It's in the tube now. Um, mm-hmm. We do cut like we cut several times over this episode. Bright is yeah. like luring more ships into the path of grips because like when he fires that he that it needs to be the thing that ends the fight yeah um, so that's the whole sort of thing there and as that happens we see char and sirocco and haman are all flying into grips because sirocco is like i'm gonna destroy this damn thing i'm gonna break these stupid light bulbs yeah he should <laughs> he is he should uh, sirocco hates fluorescent lighting it's bad for your skin it doesn't make you look attractive yeah. and he's gonna crack all these tubes down here <laughs> yeah I love that, like, it's, I they, I forget what they call them in the show, but, like, essentially, it's what they converted, you know, grips into. It's, like, the thing that makes the laser. It's all these, yeah. like, conduits and stuff like that. They call it the core in yeah, the setup? Yeah, sure. Uh. They, call it, they call it the laser core, but also, like, there are other parts of, of the thing that are damaged that they're having to get around to, which is the transformer system. Mm. Uh, basically getting enough electricity to these big light tubes in this big, like chrome dome at the bottom of this thing that basically just makes a light so bright that it shoots a big laser <laughs> okay okay and like the problem is they don't have transformers because this is gundam yeah they only have gundams they have got yeah yeah well as we know the one they're building in real life in japan is a transformer but you know yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. they have they have a couple of transformers but they're all deployed right now like the zeta is fighting and uh <laughs> methus is doing some defensive work and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no the masala has gone the, the the ashimars are all gone very few yeah, transformers like, left very sad the just the the setting of this laser core like for their fight is so fucking sick i like, love it it, they're these, these giant glass columns and like they're so big that they make the robots feel person sized and they just like yeah. they shatter and you can hide behind them and they're a fucking sick background. It, it's it's so cool. It's big enough oh. for the O to hide behind. Yeah. yeah. Like these these kind of fights are so rare in Gundam that when we get them, they're just so fucking good. Because I like, you it. know, every once in a while we'll get a fight in a city where people are like hiding behind buildings like we had in Hong Kong. And yeah. like this is the space equivalent, and it fucking rules. It's really <laughs> yeah, good. because you know the fight's cool in space. Mm, the thing about space is this: this it's space. There's nothing there to hide behind and be yeah. cool. That, yeah. That, yeah, that is the one the one downside of space. Yeah, unless you make a balloon of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. But you know, Shar is fighting. Sirocco and Haman, they're both, like, sort of double-teaming on him, and, like, he gets his foot cut off, he gets his arm cut off in the Hyakushiki, and, like, things ain't looking good for him. Uh, at some point, Haman is like, bro, you gotta calm down. If you still want to join me, you need to stop this nonsense behavior, boy. This, I I love the, um, the, like, the, uh, the cinematography of this, mm, because, mm, like, mm. both, there's both Haman and Shirako, and they're doing, like, Obama then perish meme eyes. <laughs> they really yeah. are. At one side of the screen. Um, and like they're like they're the sort of the top, the first and the third thirds of the screen, and yeah. then like Shar's eyes come in, and they're like, "I will not perish," and it's mm-hmm. just and he uh, rock- and it's just so well done. I love it. I love it when Zeta Gundam does this. Yeah. Uh, two things. One, uh, Sirocco calls him a new type wannabe that is destined yes. to be killed, which yes. is such a good fucking line, and it's really so like good. nails like what Sirocco thinks a new type is. Uh. He says he's a mongrel who must be culled in the dub. Ooh, that's good. It's good, but not as yeah. good as calling him a new type wannabe, because that really cuts to the core. Oh, he yeah. also does say you have failed to become a true new type Shar. Oh, okay. beautiful. All right, yeah. Uh, okay. Sirocco's such a good villain. Um, 
So a thing that I'm really glad that we took the time to uh, the, the the nature of this in the format of this podcast has forced me to slowly watch the show um, <laughs> because all other times I've watched the show, I was watching like two to four episodes a day You've made uh, it, yeah. while I went through it, uh, if I could. Um, and again, and then just shotgunning like the last like seven or eight episodes of the ending. At yeah, once, that's basically. not healthy. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I always, I, I never fully appreciated is it's easy to like, when you watch the end of the show really, really quickly to kind of think that Haman and Soroka are basically on the same side when they're really not like they mm-hmm. are like they, they're the things that they're doing dovetail really quickly. And it is like basically Haman and Soroka fighting, uh, Char, but like, it was when we, you guys making me slow down and watch this like week to week and watching these two episodes separately for everything really made me appreciate like, even if Haman and Soroko are working together in this exact moment, they absolutely are not allies. They absolutely do not agree about anything. Oh, and, yeah. Like, hmm. the the only reason they are not shooting each other is because they can shoot Char instead. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's enemy of my enemy. Let's kill this blonde man. Yeah. <laughs> uh... And after this, like, they're fighting, and he gets all cut up, and he's not looking so good, and he sort of yeah, flies. Yeah, like, just, just, you know, quick leg count on the, the Hyakushiki. Um, One. Paptimus shot off a foot, Haman <laughs> shot off a forearm, now Paptimus shoots off another leg. And he's, like, sort of, he, like, flies into the colony to, like, escape. And yeah, yeah. I just, like, um... Hmm? Yeah, like, because the, the sort of the, the, the thing that, like... I think it's Haman says they're basically like Shar. What what do you fucking want, eh, bitch? Yeah. Um, and that's when Shar flies off. They go to a different location to discuss but this. Before we get to that scene, because yeah, I yeah, feel there's, like there's we're going to spend over. a Christian hour on oh, this God, coming here scene. Go. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. I do want to note that well, we we have a quick cut to the Arma Arkama again, who is like get like getting reports that the the laser is like getting ready to fire, like it's at thirty percent capacity, which is apparently enough to take the fleet out. Um, but like Bright is still delaying and mm-hmm. uh, is purposely moving the um, the Argama into the field of fire to attract more of the ships in, and yeah. it is like Star Trek exploding at this point. Like mm-hmm. people yeah. are getting fucked up in the Argama. Like uh, consoles are blowing up when they get hit. Like it is in a bad way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not doing so good. And he also, I think they also know that Patmos like destroyed a lot of the the core of it. It's like they can't fully charge it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's not great. Um, and then again, before we cut over to the greatest scene I was in, in all of TV show, say. um, we we do have we cut back to the airlock where Camille and Emma are, and it's like and even even before then, um, which I kind of glossed over, there is like while uh, Shar and Shirok and Han are fighting in the laser cord, there is a shot of Camille in the airlock with Emma's like dead body. He is just like huddled in the corner, clutching his knees and like staring at her, and like that like ten second shot destroyed. All of my bones. I'm Emma. <laughs> You're Emma. Yes. Um, <laughs> you got here with the space debris. And yeah, then he gives her a space burial. Yeah, like he he like closes his visor and like opens the airlock up, and well, you see like. <laughs> well, actually, he opens the airlock up, and his hair does the thing, and then he closes the visor. So just yeah. losing a little bit more oxygen from inside. Yeah, that you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, we see like Emma's body like slowly float into the air, and it does like. 
Oh, man. Like, the symbolism of this is, like, you know, truly, like, bringing Emma into space where she belongs. Like, where she always felt she needed to be. Like, oh, I love Emma. I love Emma so much. (laughs) Emma and Sarah are my favorite fucking Zeta characters. And this is really cementing that. (laughs) The other thing that he says is that, like, as he's leaving the room, he just, like, softly says, Camille Butan, like, let's do this. Yeah, that's the saddest thing. He says yeah. before he launches Zeta, it's just like Camille Ugh. being like, okay, it is time to fucking Let's do fight it. again. Yeah, because it's like, it's equally as much, because like, that's that's the thing about um like the history of the things that pilots say when they launch mm-hmm. is also usually like the way that they connect the kind of like main pilots to um like some kind of relatable, they're not, they're not a soldier. They're like a kid that's been drafted into this war is the thing that they say when they launch is the same thing that like children are supposed to say when they leave the house. (laughs) It's, it's the thing that you traditionally say when you leave home in Japan, like, Oh, I'm off to work, honey. Like, Oh, I'm off to school. It's like, uh, you know, that's why they usually translate it as, you know, Amuro Ray heading out, Camille heading out, like whatever. Is because that's that it is a specific like like Japanese like idiom mm. that's about like leaving the home and that's what My he bones. says when he leaves. Kamu ikimasu. My bones. Ah. My bones. All right. All right. All right. Let's get dramatic. Let's talk about the only scene in TV history. <laughs> Char steps out onto the stage of a movie theater, and the most threatening thing you could possibly do to Shar Astabel is shine a spotlight on him. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Haman pops up from like, you know, the little pop-up seats holding a pistol at him. And we we just see her in silhouette with just the so barest good. amount of color on the edges of her character design. It's so good. It's a total eclipse of the Karn. <laughs> yeah. T- tells him to drop his gun uh, or uh, or he'll, you know, he'll die, he'll die right here. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so like he drops his gun but because they're in zero gravity it just kind of floats there mm-hmm. and yeah. the rest of this scene is made like five times better by the fact that Shar's gun is just floating there the whole it's time. It's just there. Oh it's so good. I love so to be good. reminded that we're in space. Uh, yeah he um I, I think he says something along I think Colin you like transcribe this entire scene yeah much, give right? it yeah. to us yeah yeah you'll do a better job um uh, I I'm a little light on it uh going into this and we're gonna get but I have a certain I've uh, once we at a certain point I just uh, we're reading lines baby I mean okay so do you have the line of Haman Khan where she says you've always been quite the actor oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then Shar demands they introduce the other actor in this whole scene at which points we just pan over and Soroko's standing there He's like, when he pans over, he says, like, being this theatrical is right up his alley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have a theory here in in that, because, like, um, Haman also says the line to Shar, like, if you decline a role in my show, this will be your final curtain call. Like, I genuinely think that they're all, like, if we were to have a final showdown in a theater like this, we would be unable to resist making a bit out of it like we oh, couldn't no. not just start making theater puns all over the show exit stage the, left bitch the yeah. only reason that nobody shoots anybody else in this scene until a certain point is because these are the messiest bitches in zeta gundam they are chewing the scenery harder than have ever chewed any scene in their life yeah. Like, like yeah they're, they're busy 
you know, trying to hold guns yeah. at each other. But but mostly they're busy trying to like like we do on this podcast, trying to think of like theater puns to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, fucking Sarah, this is this is a Miyoji session where we're trying to wrap up ten ten <laughs> sessions with a fucking snappy bit of dialogue. Like, <laughs> God, it is. It, it it's like it's it's just um again more more tabletop it's like space king slipping her catchphrase that's all they're doing here <laughs> there's no actual yeah. combat being had it's yeah. like okay okay colin please deliver to us the transcript okay so uh uh just to summarize a little bit more uh Sirocco calls like specifically calls himself a mere witness to history which i feel like is a really like important like thing to understand his character and mm-hmm. then him and Haman both accuse Shar of of wanting the world within his own grasp. That basically he's doing all of this because he wants control. At which point um, Haman again offers him to help her revive the zombies. And then they can talk about what the world will be together. Uh, and she turns to aim her gun at Sirocco. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shar responds saying he doesn't want to take the world in the wrong direction. Uh, and even if I do nothing, humanity will change as it, weaken, uh, as it wakens to new types. I'll wait for that time to come. Uh, which is kind of like, this is revealing that uh, I, I, I think that Char's like, true like stance, if you're trying to like give him a political stance, is that really he doesn't have an opinion on any material politics. You know, whether or not, uh, uh, like, I, I guess he wants the world to be controlled in some kind of democratic manner. Uh, but it, when it comes down to it, the thing that he believes in is in the idea that the world has a, a has a progressive march, that things will always get better. And even if the the rise of space fascism happens, like the the new types awakening and people connecting and like reaching peace is an, is inevitable. And even if it's delayed, it'll still happen. And he's willing to like he's willing to give up his own authorial control of the world to see mm. that happen. Which is dumb and wanna, wrong, but we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to give a quick shout out to the, the sort of the dub iteration of that, which is where he says, I am content to wait for that time. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to say, it's like, it's very sort of like aligned with how he always acts, where he's always this passive player. Like, it seems like a lot of it is he's like sort of, I mean... I feel like you could argue it both ways, where you can argue, yeah, his main goal is to be passive and wait for this to happen, like the natural evolution of humanity, but also it lines up so well with, like, his unwillingness to take charge and lead things. Like, yeah. he's like, yeah, my whole plan is just, like, kick back with a margarita and wait for this all to blow over. It's like, yeah. it, it very much is, like, very Rich. in character for him to say this. It's, this is, I mean, because, like, a, a, like, the thing that Haman fires back with is that, you know, she's... She's willing to make the, the the moves and take charge and take over the government and create a government under the uh, zombies that the people can understand is what she says so that we can make that future happen. And then the thing she fires back with is her gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um uh, but, but like the, I think the big difference between Haman and Sharn in, uh, Haman and Sharn, Haman Sharn, uh, the big difference between <laughs> Haman and Shar is that like Shar saw what it was like, lived through what it was like under the zombies and sees that as a horrifying thing. And mm. so he is more willing to bet on humanity just progressing naturally towards peace if if that's if it's choices between that or becoming a dictator whereas haman is 100% we i ha- somebody has to take control 
uh, to control, to like give humanity a course uh, because otherwise we won't reach that peace. Like people have that potential, but they need the control of a a firm hand to get there. And this is when Camille shows up with a gun. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Camille shows up with a gun. His brain is screaming at the top of its lungs. Yes. Everyone immediately senses his immense psychic power. (laughs) Shows up 10 minutes late to class with a gun. And the most rancid vibes just so strong. Yeah. They just kind of, his vibes just kind of stop everyone from functioning for half a second. Yeah. Yeah. He he like dunk, he like psychically manifests an extra arm to dunk everyone's head in the soup simultaneously real quick. And we get this, like, perspective shot from Char looking over at him as he, like, steps in mm. from stage right, and he's glowing pink. It's so good. He's, yeah, I I, I love the pink glow. I'm glad yeah. that, like, I- It's girl power. It's, yeah. it's simply, he simply has weaponized girl power. Uh, and here's oh, where we God. get Camille uh, uh, throwing in some new ideology here. Uh, oh, those boy. who really need to be eliminated are the ones whose souls are being pulled by Earth's gravity. However, even that cause is not worth so many people's lives. Uh, he's right. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, which is responded with what a stupid thing to say. Uh. Yeah, honestly, like the thing, <laughs> the souls pulled down by Earth's gravity at this point, it like means nothing to me. Anymore. It's just words. It's just words. Like, it's, it's, it's just baseless ideology. Uh, I, I think that's what you're supposed to take as Camille says the 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 souls part. I think that's what you're supposed to take it at take it as is it's this meaningless thing that Shar has said to him that he he parrots back it, it, it's like mayor yeah. pete speech yeah it's the fact that camille doesn't think that that's worth killing people is the important part um yeah. which is the like if we were if we were looking at like the ways that this um uh uh this this scene is broken up on four quadrants uh on on one dividing line we've got char and camille who think that authoritarianism is not worth what you're going to get from it. Whereas you have Sirocco and Haman who think that, yes, authoritarianism is explicitly needed to guide humanity. And then you can also break it down in another line where um, I think Sirocco and Shar feel that there's an inevitability to what's going to happen. Like, Sirocco is willing to sit is is willing to be this quote unquote bystander to history because he knows that people like that somebody's going to turn it up on top is going to take control of things and they're going to lead through things because Sirocco is kind of uh is a f- uh, like yeah he's a fascist but first and foremost he's a person who believes in great man theory he believes that some great Augustan person is going to take charge of the situation and he wants to know who it is because he wants he wants to it to be a woman that. yeah. <laughs> whereas uh oh god <laughs> uh whereas when you look at Haman and and Camille as the opposite of that Haman and uh, Haman and Camille both believe that you have like nothing is going to happen unless you take action in this conflict and the difference is, is that Camille wants to save people and give people agency whereas Haman wants to take control of them and guide them towards what she feels is the best like possible history that mm-hmm. they can have um which is when we get into uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, can I, wait, yeah, go for it. <laughs> can I add some spice to your soup? Yes, add some Ooh. spice to the stew. Uh. Um, because like I've had this, like the, this has been kind of on the side of my notes. I have a lot of notes about this, but I've not really quite known where to talk about this. But like from what you're you're saying about dividing the quadrants of this scene up, because 
I've been very focused on like Paptimus versus Camille in terms of their like emotional involvement in things. Um, and like when Camille, like Shiroko, like starts off this scene and like he is looking down on Shar for being like so personally emotionally involved in all of this shit and like he and like Camille says this later where he, t- he calls like Shiroko like a puppet master just like not involved and distantly distant emotionally distance from like the deaths of thousands of people whereas we've had Camille these entire few episodes just like physically feeling through his new type ability like personally feeling the deaths of every single per- every single person who's died um so you have those two extremes and I would like from Paptimus's point of view, Shar is too emotionally involved. But from mm. Camille's point of view, Shar is uses people as tools the way Paptimus does. Um yes, so I just absolutely. wanted to kinda kinda add that in and It's uh, it's very much like the chess game in season two of Twin Peaks, where like <laughs> You have Soroko who views this as just a grand a grand tableau of game theory and trying to win out what what is going to happen. Whereas you have Camille who personally knows like 90% of the people who have died in this fucking series. Mm. And that's the difference between the two of them. And you are absolutely correct in like that that emotionality is so important because like Soroko immediately fires back with you may be able to move common people by showing off your raw emotions but it won't work against us because Soroko is this entitled aristocratic like class of people that are going to control everything whereas Camille is the is like representing the people that are actually living and dying in this war Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like, you have Shar, who, you know, like Shiroko, he, like, does use people as tools. Like, if I can look at Rekawa. Yeah. Um, but he also is trying to, you know, he he's also, he also is friends with him. Um, you know, he's in love with Amuro, right? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, and and that, that's kind of what separates to me, like, because Shar, like, there is the, the line where, um... Haman says something like, oh, Shar, don't you want to take... What do you want? Like, do you want to take everything in your own hands? And then, like, there's kind of... Like, do you want to control everything, Shar? And, like, there's kind of a zoom in on him not looking at the camera, which implies that, like, yes, Shar does want to be the person that, like, controls things and guides the direction of stuff. But then the difference between him and Camille and the way that Shiroku and Haman want to be in power is that like Shar actually sees people as being people whereas like Kaman doesn't really seem to yeah Paptimus definitely doesn't seem to well this is also a big part of like the, sh- the whole like conflict between Shar and Quattro where Shar wants to be Quattro and Quattro is basically Camille like Shar wants to be in this position that Camille's in, where he can only have this raw emotion. He can think about the people he's fighting beside. He can be put towards a cause he believes in, and he can help do the best thing they can do. But he has been forced to realize that he has so much social capital, that his name is so important, that he has to step back to this kind of chess master role where he does play around with people. And that's maybe what he's actually better at. And... I, you know, that's, I feel like that's the thing, especially going into Char's counterattack later that we're going to see in his character, that he so hates this part of himself, but has to accept that that's actually what he's better at. 
He's mm-hmm. better at manipulating people. He's better at being a leader than he is at a soldier, even though he's very good at being a soldier. But we can see that from the way that Camille has utterly leaned into his raw emotion that like it's like this is the same thing that we saw at the end of mobile suit gundam like char could never be the same new type that amuro was char's Mm -hmm. always kind of been a two-bit new type he could never be this kind of ultimate soldier that he kind of it feels like that he deeply admires and wants to be and so he has to be the politician he has to be the leader because that's the best person he could be and he kind of hates himself for that he has to be the clown on stage. <laughs> yeah. Because nowhere in either of these two episodes does he wear his sunglasses, I don't think. Nope. He doesn't, um, yeah. You know, he's been, like, unmasked for, like, a good few episodes. I can't really yeah. quite think back to it. Um, and I was also thinking about that whenever um, Shiroko accused uh, Shar of being, like, a fake new type. Um and I started thinking, wonder because like Camille, extremely new type, extremely in touch with his emotions, um, and then Paptimus again, like there's the kind of you know the the sliding skill of Paptimus to Camille emotion that I talked <laughs> about before, and like Paptimus is sort of the opposite of that, but is also like a very strong new type, um, because he is like in tune with who he is and what he believes. You know, whereas Char has been like, it feels like Char has been lying to himself for 27 years of his life. And I got the impression from things Paptimus said that if Char was honest with himself, uh, like owned up to who he is and who he could be and was like like, unmasked and was genuine that he could potentially be as strong a new type as Camille and Paptimus are. this is where I feel like this is this is the discussion about what a new type comes in at because mm. should we save this for the wrap up? <laughs> we maybe no, we should. Yeah, no, no, you're you're right. We should because we're fucking a, an hour and forty minutes deep, and uh, we've got to end this episode at some point. So oh. let's let's put a pin in this. I think there is a very very important discussion, especially between what Char is as a new type and what Sirocco is as a new type and where Camille sits in the middle between them is really, really important to understanding a lot of this stuff. And we should save that for another episode where we have another two to three hours to talk about it. Um, Sorry, Max. We'll stop talking though. <laughs> no, you're good. I No, I don't care if y'all talk for that long because that is things I do not need to edit. <laughs> because there's only one person talking at a time we need to sort of skip ahead 10 minutes Uh, yeah yeah uh like i i think there is a really important conversation i want to have about this but it's it's not entirely pertinent to the the theater scene as i think where i will say let's let's look more at this dialogue um uh you know camille shouts what good will building a world that ignores people's minds do because camille really does believe in in you know democracy and and the power of the people and the rights of the working class and etc etc it it, it comes back because i rewatched the first episode (laughs) about camille fucking hates cops yeah (laughs) he does (laughs) look at him now like he looks at a cop in the first episode and he starts growling yeah Yeah. he's frothing at the mouth Um, literally 
And this is where we get back to me believing that Sirocco truly believes in the great man theory because he fires back with what the common, what have the common people done for the world? They only weigh down the geniuses. The world has always been run by a mere handful of geniuses, which I think also plays into this new type discussion, uh, which is why, you know, Sirocco believes that being a new type is being a powerful psychic and not being able to connect with people. Yeah, like it's a very sort of surface level way of like, how can we use new type for battle? Yeah. Or how he can also we believes use, in Illuminati. Yeah. Uh, or how can we use new type for diplomacy? Or how can we use new type for Dracula magic? Or whatever. Um, <laughs> the choice is yours. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, Haman comes in with uh, petty sentiment will only direct the world on the path to, to destruction. Um, which is kind of her coming in and being like, if if somebody does not can take control of this, it's going to explode. Somebody has to be in charge. Which I feel like is Haman's bullshit in a nutshell um and here's the best part fa rushes in with another gun and starts firing and that's why camille and and char are able to actually escape this entire scene it's Thank because you, fa. fa comes in and starts shooting at people because she doesn't give a fuck about what's going on it's so good she's like <laughs> fa shows up she's like i have no ideology to add i want to shoot ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad gummit, she does yeah. thank you fa and yeah. yeah, she she fires and like everyone's like, oh no, and they all sort of run and exit start escaping. Stage left. Ex- yeah. They all exit stage left and they all get in their suits and start flying out of grips too. Yeah. Um uh Bright is still delaying like the firing, even though it it is it is at it's at its optimal like output to fire. If they don't fire soon, uh the, the fleet will escape, bad things will happen, but he's still waiting to make sure that everybody's gotten out. Um Yeah, I, I actually I wonder, because, like, throughout the series, I've kind of started to think, well, fuck Bright, hate Bright, worst character. But, you know, <laughs> gotta hand it to him. He is willing to risk letting the entire Titan fleet escape because he didn't fire in time just in order to save, like, Camille and a few of and everyone. So, yeah. shout out and to... Thank fine. you, Bright. You did one I good thing. I will hand it to you. Yeah. And unlike um other things that have happened in Gundam, uh, <laughs> you know, he's putting he's putting the argama on the line he's putting himself on the line to make this happen mm-hmm. yeah in, in a better way than the radish yeah 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 they're they're whatever they're still fighting they're in the tube um flying out of there yeah uh basically camille has like doubled down on he's gonna stay here to defeat sirocco and haman uh sharon and fa need to get out of here and they need to fire the laser and he isn't gonna rest until he's ta- he's made sure that that haman and sirocco are ended basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like because you know Charles, like i'm not leaving without you this is kind of where like it makes me very uncomfortable how much camille like believes in char as a leader yeah um because i personally i'm like this bitch full of bullshit fuck this guy yeah it's it he you know camille tells he's like you know char isn't there something you still need to do and char's like shut the hell up dude like the elderly can't lead humanity to a future that was what you have to do you can't die in this battle because of that this is this is the eternal like issue with tomino stuff um is char in this moment is very much tomino making every gundam uh where because tomino is the older generation he feels like that he can't envision what utopia is and he has to hand it over to young people to accomplish that but because he is the old person doing stuff it means that he doesn't feel like he can act to actually finish anything and we see that in this in this exact interaction of, like, Camille, like, yeah, is sacrificing himself and maybe that's bad. But it's not like Char is saying, 
I will take your place. I will end this. You need to get out of here to like end things or acknowledging the fact that Camille doesn't have any of the skills to start a government or mm-hmm. like lead a peace movement. Uh, he's broken at this point, and Char can't acknowledge that. He wants to just believe that uh, the kids will be all right, and they'll be able to make it happen, and I need to die in this conflict or something. Mm-hmm. Char is being the the one of the guys who like it gives Greta Thunberg a Nobel Prize, but doesn't actually oh, do anything to fix the yeah, climate change. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he, he tweets about how cool Greta Thunberg is while, like, outside well, the Well, Greta window. Thunberg is like, please, you have to save her. And he's like, no, 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 you have to... She's fucking 15! Yeah. It's like, you're you're gonna you're gonna save Earth, and I'm gonna keep all of my investment money in Bank of America, which is supporting <laughs> pipeline funding. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I got mad that he said this. Um, but yeah, so like Camille says to Camille is like, oh, all the people who died in this war believe they were giving up their life to save the world, and so do I. I believe in you. And Shara's like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, like, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Don't do that. Yeah, <sighs> like th- um, this is uh, not to get on a soapbox. I'm sure I'll do this again during the wrap up. But like, this is like the how, episode like, has been already. Like, I really light like uh, there's there's a degree to i think that the that uh, tomino saying like like we like people who've lived through like this era of humanity can't imagine what like a better future is and we need to hand that over to young people is like a really noble sentiment but also like absolutely does not actually do anything to hand that over to the young people at all as far as like making sure they're trained and equipped to actually do that and is so typified in Char and Camille's relationship where Char turned Camille into a psychic gun and not a politician that can Mm -hmm. like actually cause real effective change (laughs) um but uh, yeah, like yeah, these like don't give up your life. Blah, 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 come on, yeah, they like they'll leave. Fucking yeah, they'll leave. Eventually, they all convince each other to leave. Uh, we've get we do here. get a good scene with the doctor like doing triage in the hallways of Arkema and like God. bringing the kids along with him to make sure that that they're safe. Like it, that's good. Oof. That was yeah. good. <laughs> Eventually, Bright has grips fire and it like you know wipes out the majority of the, the Titan fleet. Yeah. And final shot of Emma. Final shot of Emma as she like crackles oh. with electricity as like the ship that's floating inside the tube gets you know disintegrated. Yeah, I I feel like this is uh oh man, this is very tragic, and I feel like is like the one point of Zeta Gundam that really romanticizes war. But I am glad that Emma got to be a a very physical part of the thing that destroyed the Titans. I feel like that's good for her yeah. character, the way that she was a like was a Titan, was abused by the Titans, and is like the physical thing that we see energized in the thing that kills the Titans. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> it's a good bookend. Yeah. I'm I'm just sitting here going, Wow, cool cinematography. Wow, cool electricity. <laughs> um Paptimus notes that like, okay, we have lost this fight. Like Ayug has won the day. It's yeah. like so much like the fuck the entire fucking theater scene happened uh, but like the actual main conflict of the series is wrapped up in like about 30 seconds where a big laser fires Shiraku says oh no no we can't beat the Ayug and then Haman is like oh what a disaster it's like wrapped up done we can all go home yeah yeah they all they just want to pontificate they don't want to actually fight 
Yeah, I mean, because, like, Haman returns to Axis, talks to Medeva Zabi, who is so small and cute. He's so small and cute in her little big chill. What if, I'm just, like, little, what if Medeva Zabi had been triplets and the three of them had sat on the throne all at once? Because that's Oh, my God. They could fit all three of them, yeah. They they spoke in rhyme and unison. Like we do. Like we do. (laughs) I mean, who knows how many Medeva Zabis there are. Um, So she, uh, uh, you know, uh, she says that, you know, she'll swear her life to to end a Yug, even if she has to die to do it. But that Axis Zeon needs to fully retreat and save their forces. Otherwise, they'll be destroyed the same way that that, uh, the Mm -hmm. Titans were. It, like, yeah. This scene very much confused. Cause I thought it was a flashback for a bit because it's like it's just like a one minute, if even like cut in scene. Like the Kubli's in space flying. We cut to the throne room and then we cut back and the Kubli is still back in space flying. I'm like, what? What? When uh, yeah, the fuck yeah. did this well, happen? Well, because we see yeah. the Kubli fly towards Axis. We get this scene and then we see the Kubli fly away from Axis. She just she parked at the balcony and like hopped in. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Like, quick, like, I'll just leave the keys here now. I gotta run in real quick. Yeah. Get some Keep it running for me, boys. Yeah, yeah. She's like, all right, many of you gotta go. You gotta take this lead. I just have one, one, one last thing I gotta do. And then she flies back out. And it's like, I'm going to kill this little blonde bitch. Yeah, yeah it really, it really, it really does kind of feel like she's like, no, oh, yeah, Mineva, you gotta retreat. I, I'm going to stay back and hold off the eight. Bitch, you just wanna fight Shar. She just yeah. wants to kill Shar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she's right for wanting to kill Shar. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's be real here. Uh, but first we get Camille and Sirocco starting to fight. Uh, I mean, we get we get the best exchange of my entire life of just a quippy pilot exchange of uh, Camille saying, uh, you don't even see the reality in front of you. Uh, Sirocco saying, shut up, you smart-ass boy. And then Camille firing back with, oh. better smart than delusional. <laughs> oh. Get his ass. Oh, I think he says better smart than evil in the dub. I didn't write it down. That's but not I quite as good. That. that might be later, actually. <laughs> <laughs> From my point of view, the Titans are evil. Yeah. Um, okay, does... but the Jedi were evil, Max. The Jedi. Oh no, yeah. the Jedi. <laughs> let's let, let, let's be clear. The Jedi were an awful organization. We cannot. We cannot turn this into a Star Wars podcast. I will fucking Kermit. No, 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 no. says "boy" in a very fun, energetic way, and I like yeah. it. Like like Kratos, God of War. Boy. Okay, not to cut back too deeply. Oh wait, no. Oh, actually, this is about to happen. I'm gonna cut forward a little bit. But Let's the go. like when uh, Shar goes to take out because uh, like you know Camille and and Sirico are fighting uh, yeah. in front of the Jupiteress at this point. Um, yeah, or no, Sirico retreats to the Jupiteress at this point, and then Shar mm-hmm. is like sneaking around as some debris and ready to taking out Haman. But then he runs his beam uh, like rifle runs out of ammo, <laughs> yeah. and he says. He says it runs out of energy, and you hear him in the sub say, energy, or whatever. And it just, it, like, every time they, they, like, weirdly insert an English word into the, into the, the Japanese tract, I just, I, I mark out. It makes me so happy and feel so weird, and I love to hear it. (laughs) I love, I love hearing energy every single time. It just does me right. (laughs) Energy. Thank you for for telling me these things, so I know what I'm missing. Out on. Yeah, exactly. Um, he can't fire on Haman, but like you know, he 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 do he do be fighting her, and I think like 
he he tries to shoot her and it doesn't work. And then she like reaches into her her wing binders and pull like two hands, yeah. a, a single beam saber. Yeah, pulls and she's out like, a, "You ready yeah. to die, homie?" Yeah, she she pulls out a Type seventeen longsword beam saber, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, like basically like Char half leads her into uh, this this derelict ship slash mm-hmm. he chases in, him into it because yeah, he's like, like yeah. She's kind of like she kind of corners him with her funnels, and he's like, "Oh, ah, e, ah, oh, funnels," and yeah. then like does a fun trick and kind of lures, tackles her inside the ship, and is like, "Yeah, ah, uh-huh. no, you can't use your funnels." Like pins her tail, but then she already has funnels out. So, so when he says in the in the sub, he says you can't use that weapon, and I feel like he's referring to the beam saber because Shar is an mm. idiot and forgot that she had funnels, and ah. that's when and that's when Haman does Haman's trick and. Yeah. Shoots yeah. all of Shar's limbs off. <laughs> God, he's just a torso. Yeah, it's he, j- and then he says, "I'll bite your legs off." Funny yeah, person. and we get the maybe the only moment in Gundam history where head Vulcans have been effective. <laughs> yeah, because Shar sees like a damaged part of the ship exposed and shoots it with the Vulcans, and it explodes the entire ship. And Haman gets away totally fine, but everybody thinks that Quattro is dead. <laughs> I mean, he, he we, we don't see him. He's probably dead. It's yeah, not like yeah. they made a movie about him later on or something. Yeah. Well, d- well is there a movie called Quattro's Counterattack? No, there's not. That's he's true. Dead. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you'll find Sayer Quattro's been dead for about half the show at this point. Yeah. Hey, what if it was Quattro's Counterattack and it was spelled with a Q? <laughs> Quattro's Counterattack. That's pretty good. I like that. You know, uh, my wife has been rewatching Community as like her go to bed show, and I did mm-hmm. get to Quattro with a Q U. <laughs> <sighs> and like Haman sort of seems mad and or sad that he's dead. To like, me, she, she sort seems of like, like genuinely sad. Yeah, yeah, she like looks down, and, like shakes a little bit, like, like, like she kind of had a crush on him or something. Like well, I, I, I think she just really, really wanted him around. Yeah. It's like, this is the, the thing that you always get from Haman is like, Haman is Char's age from Mobile Suit Gundam. And oh, yeah. like, she's they, 22. Yeah. We know they had some kind of relationship in between Mobile Suit Oh, yeah. Because they were in a band. Yeah. You're we in a band. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were the white stripes. Uh, they were the, the, they were the, the three times faster red stripes. Um, red stripes. <laughs> Okay, that's even funnier if you know that Red Stripe is a brand of really, really cheap beer in Scotland. Yeah, we know we know that Red Stripe is a brand of cheap beer. We have it here. They have, have a bad Jamaican commercial with it. Uh, it's bad. Um, I've, I, you know, every time I think about getting a twelve pack of of uh, Red Stripe, maybe I will. Uh, just get PBR I instead. I've literally never seen it outside of Glasgow. Maybe they just import it specially. Oh, they you can get it anywhere in America. Yeah, it is really popular here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and well, the the bottles are cute. Um, we're getting like away from the point. We're I'm getting, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're we're lost in the soup. Um. We're lost in the red stripe. <laughs> yeah, we're lost in the red stripe. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, Haman like, had a crush on Char. That was where Yeah, we were. very yeah. sad, very well, sad. Rip like, also, like, Char is the quintessential, like, it seems like appearances are so important for Haman. It's mm. why she... Yeah, I mean, cause, like, like, you get, you get, oh, yeah, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you get the feeling that Haman very easily could have taken control of Zeon and, like, just it could be Haman time now. And instead, she made all of the efforts to try and revive the Zobbies as a figurehead organization because she thinks that that's so important. And probably, like, a big component of that is her massive respect for Shar Asnabel 
and she's a stan. You know, yeah, she's simply a stan. And she like she wants to fully like she wants the the good like visual bit of bringing the Zabi together with Shar Aznabel, who is the heir to Zianzun Daikun, to to Casval mm-hmm. to bring Casval Daikun together with the Zabis. And you know, I'm I'm sure at some point, like her long term plan is to like have a have a kid with with Shar who they can name Daikun and then have that kid marry Maneva and then fully they've like God. they've they've married together all aspects of the Zeon like ideology and like cultural heritage to make this like eternal like space empire or whatever like that seems like what she is going for seems she, like a like, real person fanfic that she would have written oh, yeah God. exactly yeah like like these things are so important to her that like the imagery of what's going on is so important to her it's why she has this amazing hair in space and then when you see her in certain parts under gravity and double zeta her hair completely deflates and it's very disappointing <laughs> They don't make pomade like they do on Space on Earth. Yeah. Um And I think that's like that's the last we see of Haman. It's the last we see yep. of Haman, it's the last we see of Shar. Yeah, cuz he's dead. Yeah, he's yeah. dead. He's very dead. Yeah, we we get a final shot of the Hyakushiki's torso at the end of the episode just ominously, ominously floating through space. And the, the purpose of that shot is definitely to con- confirm that to tell that you that dead. he's absolutely dead cuz uh, you don't see his body. It's definitely not to remind you that the suit exists and that Shar exists at the as the last thing that you see while watching Zeta Gundam. Um yeah, I'm look I'm looking away. Uh uh, we do have Camille. He's killing some Hyzax. He's engaging the O outside of the Jupiteris. They're having a good fight. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Who's what that? happens? <laughs> oh, God. he He's fighting Patmos. He's like, he basically, you know, he says he'll sacrifice himself to kill Patmos. He is like, so just like, full of rage. Specifically, he says he'll sacrifice his body and soul. Yeah, yeah, he is like in it. He is Those like this. Things. This dude has to die one hundred percent right here, right now. Uh, we do, we do see the O's trick, which is one of the reasons it's my favorite Zeta Gundam suit. In that it has in its gigantic skirt, it has manipulator arms that can also hold beam sabers. You don't really get a good look at it in the episode, but the, the O can hold four beam sabers at once, which is the coolest thing in the world. This is why I. Don't really give a shit about the O because I'm not looking at that when the the rest of the scene is you know happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Camille does dig get a ladle of a soup to for his friends to help him out in the situation is what happens. Fucking, uh, yeah, this God. is this is where he says the line I mentioned earlier, which is like, "Oh, you you're a fucking puppet master, always out of sight, always pulling other people's strings." Um, mm-hmm. Also, Camille is doing that thing where one of his eyes is half closed and the other is wide open to signify he's McFucking lost it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, 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 uh... yeah. And then he starts talking in third person. Uh, who, well, you know, he starts talking in third person. Who responds? Uh, Leela asks him what he will do when the powers between him and Sirocco are so different. Yeah. Remember Lila? Remember God, Lila? so long ago. Who? Yeah. Well, yeah, I do remember Lila. Lila fucking slapped. Yeah. She's here. She's here, She's yeah. Uh, fucking Camille says, I'll let you use my body as he physically charges the Zeta with no weapons. Uh, yeah, having towards... <laughs> thrown his gun away. Yeah, no more guns. We fight fist fights. We just, we ram our bodies into each other. Yeah, yeah. we construct elaborate rituals to, I don't want to riff on that. That's not fun yeah, in no, this no, situation. No, 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 no. Uh, Emma and Katz both come to help him. 
<laughs> they both come and help him. Sarah shows up too on the other side, still trying to guard Paptimus. Yeah. Sarah. And then Rekawa comes in and just completely pushes her aside. Uh, yeah, like, like fucking. And again, like, because we've talked about, like, Sarah versus Rekawa and how they're both controlled or not controlled by Paptimus. And it's just like, Sarah's out here still believing his shit. And Rekawa, like, once she entered the girl soup, like, his vibes just dissolved off her. And she seems to, like, be having brain thoughts again. Because she's going to punch, she's going to ghost punch Sarah. This is mm-hmm. this is what really cements Rekawa's character for me is that like when once she's like entered this true piece of being in the soup, it means that when she wants to be a soldier, she can just fucking get behind Camille and punch the shit out of Ghost Sarah if she wants to. Mm-hmm. Like she is in her perfect state of mind. She is loved by mi- like tons of people everybody else in the soup can like give her attention and and give her the intimacy that she needs and when she needs to get out there and punch the shit out of somebody she can she can fucking be a jojo stan if she wants to (laughs) and it's it's it ends up being cats who like fully get sarah out of the way he shows up and he's like um he's like you need to stop thinking with only your head like he basically says Pathmus is also going to end up in the soup. Yeah, I don't think he should. <laughs> I don't think he deserves it. We we also, we uh, Rosamie and Four co- uh, come in and they're like, it's not something that a child can understand. And Four is like, we must leave things to Camille. And then that's when, mm-hmm. when Katz comes in and is like, Sarah, listen, Pathmus is going to fucking eat it. He's going to die. And he does have the potential to join us in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah. And I want to point out that while Katz is saying this, like, he is crying these beautiful anime tears. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Sarah yeah. Very sparkly. is crying these beautiful anime tears. Are these the tears of time? These are oh, the tears shit. of time, yeah. I think uh, these are the tears of time. Uh, yeah, because, like, while I, I think that this isn't entirely in line with the message of Zeta... Mm-hmm. Um, they they do make a point of like, listen, you know, people are going to die in this conflict, but because we are beyond that, because we are new type, because we can make this, this like non-material connection, like, you know, it's, it's okay that we kill Paptimus for being a fascist piece of shit because we can still like, we can still make that emotional connection with him later afterwards, which mm-hmm. I don't love. I don't yeah. love that messaging, Not but quite you know, as good. Uh, we're getting into mystical new type shit right here. I feel like that's the bigger point. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we get um, one perfect shot because, uh, like, Shiroko is there watching. He can see the Zeta like absorbing like, girl force into its body. Oh, when this when the sperms before, go into Zeta and impregnated it into a giant pink sphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. And this is when we get the lore dump. Because as it turns out, and I guess Rosamie and Four are the ones who know this, uh, mm-hmm. they don't say it out loud, but Zeta has a psycho frame. Yeah. And essentially, it, that's that's what weaponizes girl power. Yeah. The, the, the thing that this is called, because psycho frames end up being a different thing explicitly like you can put uh uh like psycho frames are a material that you can put into parts of the gundam um we've you you have different amounts of them in different ones uh the big thing in char's counterattack is you have gun you have like mobile suits that have like the 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 like cockpit wrapped in psycho frame eventually we will have gundams entirely made of psycho frame but as far as for what we're looking at in zeta it's called the biosensor um it is a psycho frame a psycho frame device that links the pilot with the mobile suit in some way that specifically allows uh 
Camille to be a conduit for all of the dead people to power up Zeta Gundam is basically what yeah. it is. It's <laughs> so Necron energy. Yeah. I question whether any of that is necessary because like I don't know any of that shit. I but I'm like I'm watching this and like, you know, Camille is saying to Shiroko, who's who's like freaking out at this point, it's really good. And like Camille says, you can't comprehend the power that is flowing through my body. And like because I'm me, um, I'm like, well, that's Camille's body, and that is also Zeta, and that can refer to both of those things. And like, you know, the the ability of the boy Camille to take, you know, to draw on the girl force, and like personally himself, like. Transmit, uh, conduct that through the Zeta Gundam, like that could just be a thing that he is capable of. Like, I, Sarah, don't need to know about whatever Colin just said. You do, because, like, as I mean, from what I know of UC, as it goes on, you do need to know this. I mean, uh, the, I'm the, yeah. just, I am watching the final, ep- I, Sarah, I'm watching the final episode of Zeta Gundam, and that's yeah. where I'm at. I, I, okay. I uh, Sarah, I totally understand where you're getting from, and I don't want to be too UC brain uh, <laughs> to acknowledge that. Um, I will say for this this explicit thing, I think it's important because, like, just in the same way that Amuro became Gundam, mm-hmm. I feel like it is important to acknowledge that that Camille becoming Zeta Gundam, that Zeta Gundam is also at a higher technological level to handle this kind of thing is important mm-hmm. uh, because of the, like, I feel when we get down to it, the thing that makes Zeta Gundam sing to me is how much Camille is the result of a very specific military industrial complex of developing the perfect weapon and the person, the perfect person to integrate with that weapon. And mm-hmm. without explicitly making, uh, cause like, you know, like, Yes, Haman, Haman Karn and the Quebly are an extrapolation of of Lala Soon and the whatever the, the, the whatever, whatever the fuck that that big head was. Um, yeah, or you know whatever uh, of of yeah you we we have a we have a robot that can use funnels and it's got lots of funnels and like stepping that up to you could only have Camille who has opened himself up to so much raw emotion in the death of his friends and family with the Zeta Gundam that is equipped with this, this technology that is explicitly about connecting that boy with a physical piece of machinery, like kind of doubles down on, we made a boy in Gundam and we made a Gundam in Gundam and we put the boy in Gundam and it's terrifying and bad and a part of imperialism. Yeah, and we like, shouldn't have done it, but yeah. we did it anyway. Like this is, this is what uh, kind of like doubles down on everything with cyber new types in Zeta of hmm. yes, everything they did to Camille is the exact same, like, morally as what they've done to four or what they did to Rosamy. And the fact that the Zeta Gundam is equipped to let him do things with that is what makes that important. It's what makes that it's it's what says that Shar is a bad person. It's what says that Ayug is not in like as much as they're like their intentions are good, they're still a part of the problem. Like, that's what makes this series, like, hold together for me, is the uh, fact that, like, the fact that the Zeta Gundam is the only thing that can do what Camille 
is doing. Like, the fact that you have to put these two things together and they were built to do this, that they made Camille into this person, they made the Zeta Gundam be the receptacle for the girl juice, that's what makes this this series, like, important for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it also does sound like this is more important later on in context. It is. <sighs> right now it's kind of, I can get away with just being like, oh, pink, cool. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, it, it, yeah. You're right. Yeah, and that like it is going to be a thing that I'll watch Thrill of Double Zeta in three days straight, and I'll be like, "Oh fuck, he was pink." Yeah. Do you think Sarah's <laughs> gonna, Colin? Do you think Sarah's gonna like Unicorn? I think Sarah's really gonna like. C- yeah, Sarah, <laughs> you need to watch Double Zeta, and then we can watch Char's Counterattack together, and then you need to immediately watch Gundam Unicorn. <laughs> okay, I like. I'm just gonna come to your house, and you're gonna lock me in a room, and I'm gonna say yeah. thank you. We're gonna lock each. We're gonna lock ourselves in a room together, and we're. I'm gonna ignore all of my work calls, and we're just gonna watch anime together. We're <laughs> gonna learn about the man of full frontal. Yeah. Listen, as long as I have like a decent supply of the Hong Kong juice, uh, I'm happy. You know, I'm gonna juice. bring some with you. I'll start making a new batch. We'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but I fed my son today, and it was very satisfying. Um. Um. Where so are we? What, losing <laughs> the Zeta is now chock full, brimming. Dripping over the top with girl juice. <laughs> yeah. He, Camille. Leaking out girl essentially, juice in the supermarket. So much girl juice this boy has bought. He's, he's cleared out all of Food Lion from its girl juice. He has used the girl juice to essentially pin Papmus in the O in place. Papmus has nowhere to run. And Camille goes Dorito mode one final time. And it's the sickest thing because he just ramps, he impales the O with the Dorito and ends up impaling a Papmus on the tip of the Dorito. Yeah. Look, the the best part of this is like fucking, you know, uh, Rose, Ford and Rosaby come by Camille's side in, in mm-hmm. this moment. Um, and Sirocco can, can't see them. Like he can see Camille in the cockpit, but he can't see Ford and Rosamy, but he hears them. And mm-hmm. also like makes the physical comment that like the O has stopped responding to yeah. him, like moving the controls and stuff. And, and it's, it's just, just, so, so like, cause there's like this entire place, you know, space, space is the place, um, is dripping with girl force, but like Sirocco is just so like, he's big, big new type. Big brain new type, his juice is all over the place, but like he can't sense them or see them. He's just like, oh, oh do, do, do I hear women? And like he he can't, <laughs> like, and this is again, I, I'm just gonna say this one thing really quickly and we'll get more to it in the wrap up. But like in my notes, I have drawn this as a diagram and there's a little stick figure of Shiraku and an arrow going outwards, and the arrow says vibes. <laughs> so Shiroko is all sure. projecting and then Camille is the opposite like build stick for Camille arrow going inwards and it says He's like, like in. Camille yeah. takes in the vibes and Shiroko puts them out and like that is here especially especially with the next thing Shiroko does um, Camille is yeah, head empty only girls yep. yeah and and Papsmith has not been drinking his respected women juice it's like oil on water yeah 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 the respecting women juice and yeah they, they won't mix yeah and with his final breath, Paptimus bestows a curse upon Camille, as it were. <laughs> um, he, yeah, you get, you get take a call. I'm not about to die alone. Uh, I'm taking your soul with me. Camille be done. Uh, he does it. Yeah, so ha- Camille, having used his entire body to kill Paptimus Shiroko, is then bereft of his soul, 
Bipoptimus Shiroko. Yeah, like the last thing we see from Camille is he's talking about a light as just white takes over the entire frame of the screen. And I want to point out that when he rammed plane mode Dorito Zeta through Shiroko, like his uh, visor yeah, shattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, over like one of his one of his eyes. Mm-hmm. This this is this is one of the few points in like like big mainline Gundam that you see G forces be really important. And mm. let me tell you, if you like this, uh, watch some fucking Double O Eighty Three. That's mm. all that is all the time. <laughs> and we we swear, I think like after this, we just kind of cut over to Fa finding Camille. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like Fa's in the Methus and like rescues Zeta Gundam. And we cut, she's like trying to radio Camille, and he says, A large star is turning on and off. It's huge. Is it a comet? No, it can't be. A comet moves like, swoosh. It's really hot in here. There must be a way out. Hey, please get me out of here. Hey. And both Fa and me are making extreme taxidermy fox face the entire time. Yeah, and our kind of final line that we have is just Fa trying to reach the Argama of just calling out, can you hear me, Argama? And it's just, Argama, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Argama? And that's just, that's just how the show ends. Yeah. Like we see, again, we see Hyakushiki and that's it. It's just like, ZG Finn, you don't get a happy ending. You don't get any ending. You don't get an ending. You don't get fucking shit. Like, oh, this is almost what makes me want to forgive all of the dumb fucking sexist bullshit in this show, is the fact that, like, it is set up so hard that, like, the thing that will be redeeming for Fa and Camille is when they win the day at the end of this entire war, they get to settle down and have a regular life. And instead, Fa is left as the only person alive in this battle who's adrift and holding on to Camille and having to deal with the fact that she is, that Camille's mind has been set back to being a toddler, basically. Yeah, it is. It is like genuinely unsettling. It's like a really, really freaky way to end a series. In fact, I would say, well, the thing is, this is the reason that I went back and watched the first episode of Zeta Gundam, because the last time I saw Camille look like this, like look out into space and smile was when he was in the first episode and he looked into space and he smiled because he loved space and he's a little space boy. And mm. I said, oh, fuck. Yeah, he's done it. I, <sighs> again, y'all need, y'all need to watch Zeta Gundam. You need to watch all Double of Zeta, Zeta Gundam. Uh, Zeta, Zeta, and Zeta I feel Gundam. like this is, this is a, uh, this is a thread that you're going to feel like they don't pick up all that much, which makes sense because like, how could, how could Camille be the protagonist of a show at this point? Um, right. But this is the thing that they don't ignore. And good. Uh, I I think that, oh man, this, this is, this is very much why I'm so glad that people are accepting that like double Zeta is a show that people need to watch now because you should not like, I really, I think that Zeta is a good introduction to Gundam. I think that one, like if Zeta is your first Gundam, you should still go back and watch Mobile Suit Gundam. I feel like Mobile Suit Gundam is still the better entry point into Gundam, but like you cannot look at Mobile Suit Gundam, Zeta Gundam, and Double Zeta as anything other than a trilogy in the same way that like just watching Empire Strikes Back is ludicrous if you want right. to watch Star Wars. You, you, you can't end it there. Yeah. yeah. You need the context, you need the finisher of it. And like, <sighs> yeah, like this is... 
This is supposed to be horrifying. This is this is Tomino like literally staring you in the face and saying, "War is bad. War is very bad. This is what happens in war. You didn't mm-hmm. understand it when I said it in Mobile Suit Gundam, so I'm saying it so you can't ignore You're it." You're going anymore. to learn. <laughs> oh my god. Good show. Yeah, I do have a question like what like cuz he starts talking about a blinking light and I feel like I'm supposed to know what the thing is that he's talking about that he doesn't know what it is the thing i'm assuming the blinking light is is the like explosions that we see in space is what he's okay. seeing and thinking yeah. is a blinking light or a blinking star okay um that makes more sense cuz and also um whenever i watched this like whenever i was watching this on stream and it was just like a bit weird and i didn't really know what the hell was fucking i thought that fa was like looking at like Camille's body floating in space and that the thing that was happening was like something in Camille's fucking mind palace like I was really not sure what was happening um <laughs> but like I don't know like Zeta isn't really kind of the show to like Zeta usually Zeta usually shows you like reality as it looks un- unless it shifts the color palette and then in which case you know what's going on um so it, it was just very but it's just like the the thing that gets like Camille's like you know brokenness at the end of that like I'm looking at him and I'm I am genuinely like happy for him I'm like fucking finally you're free I I love to see Camille not being distressed anymore I love to see you actually being happy even if you had to break like you you're out of it but it's like the thing that is so heartbreaking to me is Fa's reaction to this yeah oh yeah she's like lost Camille essentially she she has another child (sighs) though Probably. Oh no! Come on! Don't say that. I mean, <laughs> she's been set up for it. Hindsight. Yeah, like, justice for Fa. But well, here's here's the thing, and this is the this is the raw bit that I have to give you is mm. that as much as Zeta makes me want to say justice for justice for Fa, Double Zeta wants me to make ju- wants me to say justice for Fa even more. No. Like cool uh double zeta will be worse to fa than zeta is awesome that's great good news i hate this i thought i i know i know one thing about double zeta and that is that fa's in it so i was Mm -hmm. looking forward to just oh yes i could just see more fa all day every day fa and that's that's the like oh man uh oh i again don't want to get into the show that you're about to watch more because we're talking about zeta but, like, the frustrating thing about Double Zeta is that it has so many good, strong female characters in it that, that it really pays attention to and gives proper, like, a, like agency and importance to. And still they shit on Fa. They shit on Fa well, every chance they can fucking get. The like, problem is Fa's from Zeta. She's not from Double Zeta, so she doesn't have that privilege. Probably, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's like citizenship. Yeah. Um, it sucks. Uh, well, duh. <laughs> that's Zeta. I guess, like, yeah, like, kind of, we're just all sitting here making talk as a Red Fox face. Yeah, uh, I, I think, like, uh, we, I, I don't personally have anything more to say about, like, these episodes specifically. Yeah, no, I'm out of I'm, I'm I, I feel, oh. I, I know we're gonna get a lot into this when we do the wrap-up episode, but, like, I, this has sincerely been, like, one of the best things in my life. 
for the. We don't have one more thing weeks. to say before we start having thinking about having any feelings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in that the the thing that um the thing that I've been thinking about for the last like four or so days, like this genuinely has been keeping me up at night, is that like the the lead up to Camille's breaking, in that you know, again the first time I watched the show, I was like I didn't actually realize that this was Poptimus's trick. Mm-hmm. Just because it was like kind of hard to follow, because yeah. So I was just like, oh my god! Like, just the, the, the boy did his final deed. He finished his magnum opus of killing Popsimus Shiraco, and then his mind broke. And I, to me, it wasn't Poptimus that had done that. It was Shar. It was Bright. It was fucking Mister Wong. It was every person that had just made him keep fighting and told him to still go out there and fight and every person who had like not cared about him having feelings um i mean yeah this is this is the thing about mobile suit gundam is like when uh, we could take that this attack that uh that that sirako did was just as powerful as the one he did against Haman a few episodes ago but it's the yeah. fact that they they fucking submerged this boy into conflict so quickly and so fastly to turn him into a weapon is the reason that he wasn't mature enough to handle it. And that's <laughs> like, it's, it's even, even if like, you know, yes, like uh, even if we accept that Sirocco's attack is the thing that did Camille in, like really it's the fact that like Char and Bright and Wong and everyone else like basically tried to speed run making a new type as quickly as possible and as powerful as they can make it is the thing that set Camille up to die in this moment. Like he, like, yeah, it's so, so like both things. Like he was just hanging on by a thread and then Shiraco, his dying breath is just like the tiniest little pair of embroidery scissors that just like snip. Mm-hmm. Bye, bitch. Yeah, the, the st- st- camel's back meat straw. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, the Paptimus Shiraco that broke the Camille Budan's mind. Uh, yeah. This is That's why, goes. Sarah. This is why I think that you owe me twenty dollars, and I owe you twenty dollars. <laughs> it, it'll be okay, a, a, a symbolic exchange. Sent. I've had PayPal open this entire episode. <laughs> oh, good bit. Um, what else is there to say? Wow. Good, good show. Good episodes. Um, whose robot of the week is it? <laughs> I think it's. Is it mine? It's not mine, Max. It, you know, sure. it is mine because you were last week. Connell's week before. What's your robot of the week, Max? Um. Oh God, I feel weird lightening the mood. Um. <laughs> my robot of the week is Sujimaru, who's a gigantic car-sized Roomba that you get to fight as a sub-story in Yakuza Seven. Oh yeah. Um. He has built-in, or, or, or she has built-in. Uh, coffee dispensers that that can like burn you. She has a giant electric pad up front. She can tase you with. She can spin around like a Beyblade. And she killed me like ten times before I was finally able to beat her. I owe her nothing but immense respect, and she scares me. Excellent. Oh, you can also hire her for your uh, business. She's one of my employees now. Oh okay. hell yeah! Good. Yeah. A- along with the chimpanzee. Um, it's, it's, it's good game. <laughs> yeah, because it's um, a good game. Probably the game of the year. Um, I am personally too tired to do plugs. <laughs> yeah no it'll be in the Internet. episode description you know where to find us you yeah can, this is like 17th episode of this show so you already know yeah need um, a pot of great otoranza whatever yeah. happy otoranza uh, um meta watch, meta watch et cetera, et cetera. Uh, listen to all of our shows noise space.xyz you know where to find it um god well 
thank you for tuning in. Hope this episode wasn't too much for y'all, because it was certainly too much for me. Oh my god, we're at two hours and 24 minutes. <laughs> yep, longest episode we recorded yet, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And we only watched two episodes of Zeta. I know! We god, only we did watched two episodes. Next week's going to be apeshit. Um, well, as we always say, in the words of the late, great Char Asnable, war is bad. Fuck. Cool soup. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, I've seen, seen the him. tears of time. We have seen the tears of time. <laughs> Looking directly at them. We yeah, have seen off. the tears of time. <laughs> You're dead. No, no more of that. <laughs>